Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, just to double check if you're good on your report. Uh, yes, I'm recording. All right, sounds good. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve, and with me is Andy. Hey, now. And we have a guest host today, John Pruitt. Hey, everybody. Hey, John. Hey. All right. Uh, this is episode number 204, Listener Series Volume 19 with John Pruitt. Cool. So let's first check with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? Why don't you go first, Steve? Tell me what you've been up to. Yeah. So I went flying on Black Friday this past Friday. Nice. Um, met up with Rob, Devin, Bill, and um, uh, one of my friends from Long Island, Andrew, one of my teammates. Oh, yeah. Andrew Lotch. Mm-hmm. And really, I was only out there for like three hours. Our, my main purpose to go out there was to main the Kraken uh-huh. Nitro. Uh, and that main it was uneventful, which nice. is good in my book. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know Bill was recording and he made a video. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I started watching the video. I was like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> I had to shut off my own video. <laughs> uh, sorry, Bill. You did a great job, but I was just like, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a newly built uh rebuilt motor. And like, you know, I, I've upgraded the spindle, the main shaft, the fiberless mount, you know, nitro conversion. Going so like all it. I was doing was hovering and upright, like, you mm-hmm. know, just putting around a little bit, just you know, the, the motor is super rich. I literally in five not even five minutes, it was like three minutes, I went almost through the whole tank of fuel. Like it was oh, wow. pig rich, just oh, dumping wow. fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, and because I've had some issues with this motor before, I'm like, let me just dump it with fuel. Let's kind of, kind of take it easy uh-huh. for the first tank, and then I was gonna do another tank, but um, I've you know I noticed the time it was like three thirty. I was like, shit, I have to leave. So, so you only so I ended put up leaving. one flight on it. Yeah, I put one okay. flight on that. I did a flight on the the two flights on the gasser, and the gasser's really waking up though. I mean. It's nice. really not waking up, but I'm cranking up the head speed. Yeah. And now that I have the uh, RPM sensor, I'm I'm noticing I'm around 1800 on the head. Okay. Um, still not, still with my normal curve. I think mm-hmm. the most I go up to is like about 35% throttle. Okay. Or 40% throttle. So I'm not even like at the 50% mark, and you know, but I hear with the night no not nitro. I hear with the gassers that the like from zero to a hundred, I mean, from zero to fifty percent, it's a lot of power gain, and then from fifty to hundred, it's kind of like right, right. because a dead it's zone almost. well, because it's a butterfly valve. Mm-hmm. Um, like ninety percent of the flow is from zero to forty, fifty, maybe, and then from yeah. like fifty to hundreds, the uh, the like the next ten percent. Right, That's not right. the correct proportion, but it, yeah. you get the idea. Whereas like a, a barrel valve, like on a nitro engine, is very is a lot more linear. So it's yes. it's fifty percent uh, throttle 50% curve. It's roughly fifty percent flow, but a butterfly right. valve is not. It it's um, has an exponential flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it has like some positive expo kind of on it. Um, so 
you know, with that 1880, 1860 head speed, you know, I'm pretty much at where the max will be, you know, once I kind of crank it up just a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, which I think it's like 19 something on, on this heli. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. So the gov sensor works good. I'm getting a good signal. Um, I'm getting a little bit less bobble, but I am getting a little bobble and that's, I think, tuning with the, the heavier helicopter. Yeah, right. When I transition from positive to negative, I, I notice like a little little head bobble but yeah you may have to that tune I can your, deal with yeah you may have to tune your d gain a little bit or something yeah yeah i think so too. Mm-hmm. um but yeah back to the kraken that thing flew even though all i did was put around it felt good like the tail was solid everything felt really solid on it yeah um so yeah i'm i'm is, i'm really is thoroughly this the, the gold head engine that you yes uh, okay the one that blew up at Rochester. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> and it literally blew up. It like, I mean, it didn't throw a rod or anything, but yeah. it overheated. The piston seized onto the mm-hmm. the uh, liner and scratched the liner. Um, that the liner was stuck onto the head, <laughs> so oh, wow. it, it expanded so much with heat that it like you know kind of seized itself on the head. Yeah. So I had to heat that whole thing off, and then. You know, I may or may not have taken a rubber mallet to the the piston liner <laughs> to get that popped off. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe go a little easy with it for the first couple flights. Maybe you can kind of get it broke in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm I'm trying to do is to like take it easy the first couple of flights, a uh, couple of tanks, and then you know, and then I'll go through the the, the tuning cycle because. It did feel good. It's you know it did start up, but I had a little issue with um, the low idle needle, the uh, the low needle. Mm-hmm. And good thing Rob was there because he knows all about the low needle. He was like, "Oh wait, give me a second. Because as soon as I was like, it would start right up, and as soon as I started transition from the low to I guess the high or however the OS engine transitions needles, yeah. it, you know when I was taking off, it would just die. It would quit on me." So he was like, yeah, it sounded like it's a little bit, he's a too rich or too lean. I forgot which one he said. And he was like, he just went for flat blade and was tweaked it right back to stock where it's like, you know, I guess in line with the the barrel. And uh, yeah, it it started right back up. I took off. It was fine. It flew fine. So so I was uh, pretty happy with that. Yeah, cool. Um, Beyond that. I've been working on this Barnstormer 250, and uh, for the most part, I got the wing done. I got the fuselage kind of dry fitted together, but not glued. Mm-hmm. Um, I was missing, and I know I don't know if we spoke about it on the show, but we did end up missing a couple of um, just one sheet or one like part sheet, I guess. Right, like but a, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, out of the, each of our the sheet with the fuselage formers, the little plywood one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's you know. Exactly was. The second Barnstormer kit that I got was missing that same sheet, and I uh, sent Doug a note, and he yep. put it in the put it in the mail the same day, and I had it the next day. So it's mm-hmm. it should yep. be to you really quick. Yeah, yeah, we let Doug know, and I think it was actually Thursday is actually Thanksgiving, and I didn't even expect a response. I was like, let me just throw him an email, let him know because mm-hmm. we all we each of us com- you know confirmed our kits and was like, yeah, that part is missing. Mm-hmm. So, um, Andy, the picture you took of mm-hmm. like the the uh, cut sheet and basically circling that that one sheet, I sent that to him, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, no worries." 
today, obviously, you know, he's like, you know, the post office is closed Thanksgiving, but tomorrow, Black Friday, I'll, yeah. I'll send it first thing in the morning. Yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. replied on Thanksgiving, which I wasn't yeah. expecting. So. Exactly. He replied on service. Like, well, maybe yes, over the weekend sure. he'll see it or something. And no yeah, rush exactly. on our part. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. fast to respond. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm pretty happy about that that customer service mm-hmm. that, um, excellent. You know, things like this happen. But when you contact someone about it, you know, how quickly do they jump on it? How quickly do they resolve the issue? And this was top notch because it was Excellent. on a holiday, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and he shipped it out the next possible day that, you know, UPS, uh, USPS was open. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You know, Excellent. kudos to, that's to, good to uh, hear. Willy Nilly's. Um, but, yeah, I think that's besides that. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I did in the hobby? Did you buy anything? No, Black Friday. I didn't. I didn't. No, nah, I didn't. I, didn't, I really? looked at the Black Friday deals. Who, who are I, you, and what did you do with Steve? <laughs> you know, I th- and I think we were talking about this last episode, and I was just like, I don't know. I just we've been in the hobby long enough that we've kind of accumulated the things we need, and there are aren't much new things that are out those days that I'm like, oh, I need to get my hands on it. So. Um, I think that's part of the reason why I'm I've been really stoked about this Boston kids kind of like something different changing yeah something different right just changing the scene a little instead of wrenching with you know 2.5 millimeters and um, <laughs> carbon fiber I'm I'm basically doing using thin CA hobby knife and a little bit of 220 sandpaper mm-hmm. and yeah you know having fun with this so it's fun to have a change of pace in the hobby every once in a while yeah yeah for sure. Uh, Andy, let's uh, let's f- see how your week was, and then we'll we'll hear John's and yeah. go right into the main topic. <clears throat> well, I did not do any flying all week, unfortunately, but I did buy some stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and it's it's not hobby stuff, but it's hobby related kind of. Okay. So I had this uh, black kind of like a little tool bag. I don't really know how to explain it, but it had a handle and it had all the pouches on the sides, two sides. Yeah, just, it's like a uh, – what a kind of bag is it? It's like a carpenter's tool bag or well, something? Well, like yeah, sort a of. more mechanic? I don't know. Yeah, kind of like a – I don't know. It's not really an electrician's bag. It's not really a carpenter bag. Yeah. But anyway. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. And yeah. I had a like a sort of a cheap tote from Home Depot – that I had in a camper that I kept the arbor press and a small drill press vise and some hammers and just stuff that I don't use very often. Milwaukee has this set of toolboxes and stuff that lock together. And I've kind of had my eye on them for, for a while and they were, had a big sale on them on black Friday. Uh, of course the sale run all weekend. I, I wouldn't go anywhere on Black Friday just because I'm stubborn. I don't like to fight all the people. I'm right with you there. Yeah, but uh, everyone still had the sales running all the way through Monday. So, uh, see, I think Sunday morning I went out and bought one of these. So you get the, the rolling box on the bottom. You know how your rigid stuff is, Steve, where you got like a yeah. a box, a big box with wheels and a handle and then Mm-hmm. You put whatever else on top of that. This yeah. was a three-piece set like that. Oh, nice. With a, a big bottom box that will fit the, the Arbor Press and the mm-hmm. vise and all that stuff. 
and then a, a kind of a medium-sized toolbox, and then a, a box on top that's about the size of like a charger case, kind of similar in size to the rigid charger cases like I have and a lot of guys yep. use. Mm-hmm. And nice. I don't really need the two top boxes, but the whole set was like 200 bucks. And to just buy the bottom box by itself was like 130. Oh, no brainer then. So yeah. I was like, I'll find a use for these other ones, probably at the farm or something. Mm-hmm. But the coolest part of this whole thing is I got another tool bag to replace the one I had. And it actually will lock into the top of this toolbox or any of hmm. these boxes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. nice. So why that is important is I've got that rolling box in the camper and I can strap it down and then I can just literally lock my tool bag right on top of that and it's secure. Like it's not going to go anywhere. And that way I don't have to find somewhere to put it, worry about it tipping over. I used to set the other bag down inside this big toad I had, but it was a pain mm-hmm. in the ass to get it in there. And if I'm, I step inside to work, help somebody do something real quick. I got to open that box, move all the shit off the top of it or whatever, just to get like a driver. So being able to just have that, the tool bag exposed on the top of that, yet still be secure enough to ride down the road. I think it's going to be super handy. Nice. So I set all that up Sunday, transferred the bags over, Mm -hmm. put it in the camper, tested it out. It, it, I've got it strapped into one spot there under my fold-down workbench thing. Yeah, the Stanley thing, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think it's going to work really well because the box has wheels. I can roll it to the back, like where the the fold-down door is. Mm -hmm. And if I have the cots down, it'll just be set between the cots as sort of a little table we can set stuff on or whatever. Yeah, I think we were doing that when Mm -hmm. at We were doing that with that tote. Yeah, uh, so I think that's going to work out really well. Nice. Fairly excited about that. Yeah. I bought some other stuff. I bought some Milwaukee batteries that were on sale mm-hmm. and just various tool and tool bag type stuff. I didn't buy anything. Oh no, I take that back. I bought a Bavarian Demon Axon from Ooh. Arrow Panda. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, yeah, they're having what twenty percent off. Yeah, twenty percent off on that. Yeah, nice. So I'm gonna try that out. It's not. I don't think I'll switch everything to that, mm-hmm. just because they're very expensive. Yeah. But I've been wanting to play with one and, and try one out for a while, uh, and see how the integration works with Jetty. Does it have full integration with Jetty? It does. Awesome. I don't know if it has every single setting like the brain. Hmm. I know you can adjust most things. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see how the their menu layout is because I've I've played with a lot of units and some are better than others. Like the brain has a very easy to use and easy to navigate and all three of your banks are on one screen kind of like the V control. So if okay. you want to take bank 1 and bump it up 5 or you know whatever. Yeah. Where some of the others I've used, the banks are on a different screen. You got to go back out, go back out two menus, and then back over. And by then you uh, forgot what the other one setting was and all that stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. I never really liked that. So I'm kind of wanting to see how the 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 axon does. 
And I play around with it a while. If it's something I don't need or don't use, I can always sell it later. They they seem yeah. pretty, very popular for speed and scale. So they're yes, always pretty good market say. for those. Mm-hmm. So I did buy one of those. Nice. And then to I loaded up the camper, worked on it some Saturday and Sunday, kind of getting everything done, changing the bedding around, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I packed up and I left. Today's Tuesday. I left my house around 7 o'clock and I arrived at Torch's Field about 7.30 this evening. I didn't wow. know that was that, that so, far. So I drove straight down. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's uh, I stop about an hour to get f- gas or get fuel mm-hmm. and eat and stuff uh, in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. So nice. a 20-minute stop took an hour just because everyone was going so freaking slow. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know. Just yeah. everything was a problem. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, I made it. <clears throat> no, yeah. no problems. Tra- uh, the new truck. Oh yeah, worked, how's the new truck? Yeah, uh, worked really well. Nice. Pulls the camper like it's not even there. So, really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't get as good a fuel mileage on the way down here as I was hoping. I only got eleven miles to the gallon. That's not bad though. Well, I, I <laughs> was better get, than single digits. <laughs> I was getting nine in my other truck. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for 12, but I okay. was also running 75 most of the way instead of 65. Sure, that so would have to do that. That'll do it. Yeah, that <laughs> makes a big difference. Yeah. But it pulls it so good, I had a hard time keeping my foot out of it. And when all the traffic's running 75, 80, it's hard to not just run with traffic. You just flow with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So awesome. I've had a long day of driving, but mm-hmm. I'm here. I sure have. Ready for the torches winter bash this weekend. Nice. I'm so jealous, man. Yeah. It's like everyone I talk to is like, yeah, packed up, ready to go. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to go. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really going to make the effort for it to chill out um, come in February. Nice. That's going to be. Well, I was going to say, you know, they sell plane tickets every day. I know. I know. You can probably fly, have... fly Spirit or Allegiant for like 50 bucks from. There well, I mean, I flew Spirit last time I went to Torches, yeah. and I think it was like one twenty, which is ridiculously cheap in my book. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, that time, like Rob drove all my stuff down right, and everything. Like, right. I beat the yeah, that, that's true. I mean, yeah, go- Tima's gonna <laughs> she's flying down, but see, I brought all her stuff with me, right? And so she's flying down and then going to ride back with me, and I think it was. It's like seventy five bucks or something for one way. Yeah. I mean it's super cheap. Yeah. That is the good thing about Orlando. There's lots of places lots of places have non stop direct flights to and mm-hmm. from Orlando. Yep. Indeed. So but yeah, trying to make the chill out. I'll be there. Um I'm like like ninety nine percent sure. I, I I all I have to do is talk to Dan. I gotta just double check if he's cool with that. Yeah. And if, as long as he's good with it, well, like I say, um, you've got a bed, so yeah, and yeah, no, it makes it even easier. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, so uh, let's catch up with John and see what he's been up yeah. to in the last, let's say, couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be fine, or more recently. 
Yeah, well, in the last week, it's uh, building willy-nilly's kits, of course. Uh, but we'll get into more of that uh, a little bit later. Uh, yeah. I also did get a chance to get out and fly this weekend. So I took out uh, my uh, GB Dreamer, another big balsa biplane that I built, and an Ace uh, 1972 design, an Ace All-Star biplane. Um, I just put ailerons on a new bottom wing for that one, and it performed really well. Very happy with, with how that one's now trying to uh, work on my piloting skills. I'm a much better builder than I am a pilot. Uh, so I'm trying to work through teaching myself the club class sportsman pattern and to get through those maneuvers. And uh, I had the best luck I've had with it ever with this uh, new biplane. So happy with that. Uh, I also learned that I am not qualified for discus launch gliders. And I, <laughs> on a single throw uh, through my fire feather, uh, from J&H Aerospace. Uh, it went about 10 feet and straight into the dirt. Um, I guess I didn't have the right switch pulled or something to uh, to get up elevator properly. And I just buried that little thing into the ground. So I've got to rebuild the fuselage on it. That'll just go on the project pile. And then for uh, Black Friday and all the shopping, like you, I was thinking, I don't really need to buy anything. And then I, I thought, well, maybe I could use one more of a particular battery size. So I went out looking for that. And before you know it, I got a shopping cart full of all kinds of motors that were on sale and ESCs. And, and a, they had the thrust test stand on sale. And yeah, I blew my hobby budget again. It happens. Oh, awesome. Uh, Will and Neely's, man. I just want to... Uh... I just want to like buy all his kits because they're they're so easy to build and they're so <laughs> cheap. It's they're like, so fun. Yeah, you know, it's like we'll we'll talk about it as we do like the reviews on this. But I mean, when I was just kind of fitting the wings, even though I I built it wrong, it still went together super quick and easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so and they come out at just the right size to throw about three or four of them in the back seat of the car. So yeah, yeah, and like I you know kind of. Figuring out the wingspan and, uh, you know, looking at the wingspan and the fuselage size, and it's not that big of a plane. It really is a small, like, it reminds me of, like, the small FT, you know, type of planes. Yeah, the the ones that would go the FT minis, the, the yeah. power pack size. Yes, and, exactly, yeah. with the, the quad motors, right? It, yeah. it just feels like that, but, like, a balsa kit, which means it's super light and fragile, and I'm going to fly it and crash it and break it and, and then buy two or three <laughs> new ones. Yeah. There you go. You can yeah. fix them. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like when I was a kid, you know. I know I can fix them, but like I don't know how to fix it. Throw it away in the garbage. Buy new. Well, oh no. Yeah, but see, I did that with gentle lady. Oh, no. <laughs> but you got to remember, John, that Steve's is probably going to weigh triple what it's supposed yes. to mm. to start with. Yeah. So once he goes yes, to repair yes. it, it's going to weigh six times what it should. Yes. Mm. Yes. Well, it's going to go really fast then. <laughs> you, yeah. you will not slow down for landings. <laughs> Yeah, it'll carry a lot of speed. Eh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's go to the main topic. Let's get to know John a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, where are you located, if you don't mind us asking? I'm in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, which is still within the blast radius of Washington, D.C. Yeah, okay. So you're, not far from, uh, you're not far from Fredericksburg when we go down there. No, I think you probably have to drive about within about three miles of my house on the way down there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I do yeah, see signs for Alexandria when I pass, you know, I go down mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they're about cool. 
half hour south of me, I think. Maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, so... I was going to say, unfortunately, <laughs> from where I am, in order to fly legally, I have to drive 40 minutes either south, north, east, west, somewhere. Uh, you just oh, can't right. fly. Can't fly this close to the capital. Yeah. Even even these little planes, you know, which is ridiculous. It, completely. Yeah. Anyways, um, how long have you been in the hobby? Ooh, well, I guess that depends on how we call the hobby. I started with uh, rockets and the Gilos airplanes, little rubber mm-hmm. band powered balsa kits yeah. back in elementary school. Um, I remember in fourth grade bringing rockets into class to uh, to do our science things. Um, that was a lot of fun. Then I built up a control line stuff as I hit into middle school. And I finally had enough money when I hit high school that I built my first radio control plane back in the late 80s. And I had it all built up and ready to go and and fired up the glow motor and taxied it around. Mm -hmm. But where I was living in Helena, Montana, I did not know anybody else who was into the hobby. Nobody else who flew. So I was scared to actually fly it. And we ended up moving and the plane got lost in the move. Oh, so no. My, my first radio control full-size, you know, 60-inch wingspan plane that I built never actually flew. But it drove around the parking lot quite nicely. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah. But then after we moved, you know, I discovered girls. I discovered, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all the rest of life. Got married, had college, all that other fun stuff. And had a break until about 2014, 2015 when I discovered Flight Test Online. Nice. And they just got me completely reinvigorated into, into the yes. idea of, of model flight again. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Um, cool. I wish uh, do I had, you fly? Oh, sorry. Uh, just, I wish I had a nickel for everyone that got into or back into RC from flight test. Oh, we, we all owe them. We all owe them such a yeah. huge gratitude because they've, mm-hmm. they've really been amazing for the hobby. Yes. Really good guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, besides that, they got folks in the hobby and back in the hobby and, you know, keep the, the next generation interested in the hobby. Um, which I feel like no other organization does as good Not as they to do. The degree they do. No. Yeah. Um, you know, just that, like, I've met all of them and they're really, really, are really, really good guys. Like, yeah. they're really honest and really in the hobby for the right reason and in this business for the right reason, you know? Yeah. And it, it so. comes through. It comes through in their videos. It comes through at their events. The Flight Fest mm-hmm. events are just yeah. – they're, they're wonderful. It's its its a huge family reunion of, of 6,000 people that I, I didn't know I, I'd lost touch with. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So were you at the Flight Fest that we were at? Like, uh, I, guess... I was at 2016, and I met you guys briefly at, at Flight Fest 2016. Um, yeah. And then I was also at uh, 2015, but only for the early part of the setup. Um, mm. I had to leave uh, Saturday morning, um, oh, okay. and then I wasn't able to make the last two years. Uh, yeah, it just conflicts with schedules for so, me. So, so, so we did meet, huh? Yeah, yeah, just very briefly though. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I know. I know. Twenty sixteen was like Kevin and I basically we drove out there. I think we drove that morning. Mm-hmm. Early in the morning, got there. Yeah, one day trip. <laughs> yeah, we did a one day. We stayed over, so we didn't, you know. So we could sleep and get mm-hmm. our rest, and then we drove back. So, yeah, it was a very like flyby, <laughs> fun flight for us, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so sorry if uh, I don't remember 
meeting oh, you. Well. No, there's, you know, like I said, it was a few thousand of our friends that we, you know, yeah. that we met and, and didn't know mm-hmm. we missed. But I spent yeah. a lot of that flight fest out on the uh, flight line. I was helping out as one of the, the crew chiefs on the flight line. Nice. Uh, that was just a, a wonderful experience, just getting to help all these people fly and, yeah. and a lot of first timers and seeing the crazy sketchy projects and, and helping <laughs> people just have fun and, and laughing yeah. along with them. So it's nice. very rewarding, a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Awesome. Uh, all right. Do you only fly airplanes or do you also fly multi-rotors or helicopters? I'm I'm interested in pretty much everything that flies. Okay. Um, I, I do have a soft spot for things with propellers. Okay. Um, I, I like my planks. I like my airplanes. I, okay. I like my wings. Um, I've definitely done the multi-rotors. I think my tricopter is my favorite of the multi-rotors that I've done. Uh, I've got nice. a couple of quads, um, some indoor quads. Um, I've only flown coaxial helicopters, though. Um, I haven't flown any of the the larger outdoor stuff. Um, my my current excuse is I'm just uh, I don't have that much money to spend on parts. <laughs> yeah, no, totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, but we got to we'll, we'll get your buddy box on something. That, that I would of, love to do. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the just big the highlights. Was it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Just for the experience, but um. I think one of the big highlights I think of 20, I think it was 2016, is that I buddy box um, um, Joel from oh, Community Joel Cast. Cannon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> While oh, I was that's on, fun. Yeah, back then when he was on Community Cast. And, and it was interesting, you know, it was fun. And like, just because like Mike was there and, you know, and Joel's there. And like, I think, uh, I think Ron Caglione was there too with, um, mm-hmm. so like, and, you know, he had his Phantom 4 up in the air. And it, just, it was just fun to like, Okay, you know, have a fun yeah. with this awesome mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, You know, kind of just get that like, whoa, it's it's. Well, he said it was actually not as hard as he thought it would be because he flew a lot of quads um, mm-hmm. in acro mode, and okay. it's very similar. Like you oh, know, it's good. Yeah, you bank you bank the quad, it keeps going that way. Same to the heli, mm-hmm. you bank the heli, it keeps going that way until you correct. So, mm-hmm. so he was kind of used to that aspect. So you actually did a really good job of it. Excellent. Yeah, so we'll get, we'll get you on a buddy box and, and do the same. I think it'll be very interesting. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to do that. Yeah, especially if you're 30 minutes away from Fredericksburg, you know, come March or April, whenever spring fling is, you should definitely come by, I even was, just for a day, you know? Absolutely. I was thinking about it, but uh, I'm also the uh, the president of our, our club here in Northern Virginia, and mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention uh, when we sanctioned one of our events, and it happened oh. to conflict. It was on the same weekend. We had a giant-scale fly-in. Oh, okay. so I wasn't able to uh, to get down for the helis. I, I heard you guys were heading down and I was like, oh, man, the, the timing just. <laughs> yeah, I got to do better with the, the calendar set up next year so that we're not we're not stomping on top of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. In fact, uh, I could add you to the calendar that that we that I um, have I've organized for like all the heli events mm-hmm. in the area, especially um, so you can see when all the events are happening. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always trying to find different ways that I can help correlate and get more event information out to people in our club too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got our, our, I'm also our webmaster for our club site. So I'm always trying to figure out how do I get connected into other, other sets of, of events that I can help people tap yeah. into and go have fun with. Yeah. Uh, so what got you interested in the hobby when you were a kid? Mm, just the idea of flight, um, you know, mm-hmm. flight and anything that you can build and make. I've always been a maker. I've always wanted to, tear things apart, understand how they work and put them back together. Um, yeah, I got a, I got quite a, an interesting response. I think I was in 
seventh grade. I just moved into uh, seventh grade and my dad came out back in the in the workshed and found me with his motorcycle completely torn apart oh and my laid God. out all over plywood. <laughs> I had all the way down to the pistons and rings were out. Every oh single way. bolt was off the frame. I tore the entire thing apart. Um, and I was in the process of cleaning it and, and I was going to lube it and reassemble it. And, uh-huh. and, you know, he didn't quite have faith in my ability to put it back together, <laughs> said a, said a few unkind words and I think went off to have a drink. Um, uh-huh. but, the the next day I had the bike up and running again and, and, you know, I've just always loved understanding how things work. And, and you were what grade? Seven years old? Seven, seventh, seventh grade? grade, seventh so grade. So you were yeah. 13, 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah, it was a two-stroker, not a complex engine, but yeah. Still, you know, it's, so that's it's, pretty impressive. It's, wow. It's fun. Yeah, I've always liked, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll do all kinds of home projects and building stuff around the house and build 3D printers and laser cutters and CNC machines and nice. all kinds of stuff to just understand how do things work. That's Yeah. That's where so much of of the the RC hobby. I just love it because I can I can put things together, understand it, try out new ideas, try new theories. But then once something flies, I get sort of bored with it after a couple dozen flights, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm ready to move on. Um, so I've always got something new that I bring it down to the the annual auction to say, well, let's help me clear out my hangar because I need more <laughs> space. <laughs> You'd say you're more into the building than necessarily the flying absolutely absolutely i'll spend 10 to 20 hours in the workshop for every hour at the field Mm -hmm. cool nice that's cool to hear because so many people are the other way yeah fly than build so it's yeah it's nice to hear people with the the um opposite interest you know what i mean we're out here we're out here but we also need people on the other side of it too so that they keep uh keep buying stuff yeah, that's true. Keep driving. People that don't want to build will just buy it and fly it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And and that that's one of the interesting things that um you know, I think when we started hearing more about you on like the comments and stuff and and then I think we started talking on email and stuff and that it was like balsa kits, really there's balsa kits out there because <laughs> as far as I knew there was basically like you could get some SIG kits in Balsa, and that was it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a Cub, maybe a Tower Hobbies or, or some type of Cub or something like that. But just very limited. They, you know, it was, everything's an R. Everything's a plug-and-play or, right. you know, plug-and-fly. It's like, or buy-and-fly. Like, you don't really hear of people building Balsa kits. I mean, scratch building, yes. They, I know there's tons of folks that still scratch build. But just not really, like, the, these, like, the willy-nilly type of kits, which is so easy and fun that anyone can do it you know yeah there aren't as many kit manufacturers out there but mm-hmm. there are there are still quite a few um yeah i actually keep a, an active thread over on the flight test forums with all of the the active balsa kit makers that i'm oh, aware nice. of i gotta get um, a link to that yeah yeah i'll, I'll send you guys over one because and there's probably two dozen maybe even three dozen um that I've got listed up there. Oh, wow. um, and then I also love helping people find a, a kit if, if they're interested and, in, you know, finding out, well, what kind of flying experience do you want? What kind of plane do you like? How experienced are you as a builder? And I'll go help and, and help you find kits that are things that oh, you might awesome. be interested in. Mm-hmm. And the downside to that is I usually end up buying more kits myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a way of enabling my own addiction. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, 
All right. So let's see here. What's the next question we got on the list here? Uh, what do you do for a living, if you don't mind us asking that? Well, along that whole theme of uh, I like to build things, um, mm-hmm. I also I started down a, a bunch of different mechanical um careers at first and i went in and, and was an architect uh well working in an architecture office as a draftsman for many years okay uh, but then i went down the uh the more technical side and started programming uh, building websites and went worked for a couple of the dot-com companies uh okay. developer and senior developer and nice. and now i'm uh i moved a little higher people got tired of fixing my bugs so they put me up into program management okay um, so i'm uh, uh program management for large-scale technical deployments that we do currently for the postal service oh cool so nice when it comes to keeping your packages or scheduling our people or yeah everything that we do from sorting to etc it all involves technology somewhere yeah so oh awesome cool um do you happen to have any sponsors or no, I don't have any sponsors. Um, there's there's a few people that maybe I keep talking about them so much, I'm hoping they will sponsor me. Um, <laughs> and I did put a logo for the Cape May Brewing Company over in Cape May, New Jersey. I put that on the side of my uh, Dreamer biplane. I'm hoping to get a free beer or two out of that one. Oh, nice. Um, but that, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. I'm, I'm, I'm still hopeful. You gotta just, you gotta fly more. They gotta yeah. see that thing in the air more. You haven't got <laughs> it in front of the correct eyeballs. That's yes. the problem. That's that's what I got to work on. Um, yeah, I find that like folks, unless you're like three D plane flyer, like I don't know if many folks get sponsored on a on the airplane side that I know of. I mean, I'm just probably ignorant to it. Think that's a three D airplane quad and helicopter thing. From what yeah, I've seen, it really seems to be, especially for pilots. Um, I do know Josh Orchard got sponsored for a for a build. Um, oh yeah, right. With Hobby King, been, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's been sponsored for two builds where Flight Test and Hobby King have helped, um, yeah. help get him stuff. But but so many of the kits that I like to make come from these little small manufacturers, and I'd yeah. I'd feel bad taking stuff from them. Um, honestly, I I I want them to stay in business and grow and thrive. So I'm I'm happy sure. to be a paying customer and and just mm-hmm. help them build their business and help through word of mouth help help get the word out. No, for sure. Awesome. Uh, let's see. So I, I know you don't fly often, but do you happen to sim? No, actually, I. And that's probably mostly because my computer's uh, not quite powerful enough to run a mm-hmm. decent sim at a different decent frame rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I've never just really gotten the hang of of simming. Um, it always seems so different when I actually got out to the field. Yeah. Um, Especially from trying to do like line of sight and and to see the little tiny speck of a plane and and keep orientation in the sim, it just seems very different uh, to me when I get out to the field. So, yeah, no, but I have tried sure. to uh, to make my my resolution this year was to get flying at least one weekend every month of the year, and I am on track. So okay. I'm, cool. I'm working on it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's see. So. Let's see what you have in your fleet. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> well, this could take a minute. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about categories of things I've got. In my okay, fleet. so balsa. <laughs> Let's start oh, with balsa I've got, first. <laughs> I've got lots of balsa. Um, I I love biplanes. I love World War One, World War Two stuff. Um, okay. So I've got uh, you know, the the barnstormers and stuff that I'm building. I also like the the speedy bees. That kind of a 
golden age of flight look. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got several that are are coming from that kind of a style. Um, I, I like uh, Lane's Planes Cudas. I've got two of his Cudas. Oh yeah, that's the other company mm-hmm. I know of, Lane's Planes. Yeah, how's the yeah. Cuda? Oh, I love them. Screamer. Oh, they do scream, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Push uh, one... just, ah, scream. Then. <laughs> I still They're... want a John Norman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have room for it, but boy, that'd be a lot of fun. Wouldn't that be fun to bring out? Bounce down oh, the runway. Heck. Oh heck yeah! Something that uses those those you know right those, mid- what are they eight inch tires yeah, on that right thing? in the middle of the yeah. Haley Fun Fly, just make everybody laugh. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, Especially when it's all lit up and mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, with the red lights of yeah. the eyes and stuff. I love it. Yeah, that comes out great. So, what else do I got? I got a couple of gliders, not as many gliders right now. Um, actually, I ended up unloading a few at the auction, uh, at our club's auction. Um, I've got plenty of uh, foamies, flight test foamies, um, both ones that are flight test designs and ones that I've designed myself. Um, every year I like to do. Uh, help out with uh, the flight test uh, forum community, we do a, an online design contest. Um, and this year, I think we've got 46 people who've entered it. Um, so it's all kinds of just helping to encourage people who've, they've, they've flown the foam board, they know how easy it is to build, they've got excited about it, and helping them make that next step to designing their own plane is what these, uh, these contests are all about. And, and it's a a very lighthearted and fun contest. It's not serious at all. It's all about helping other people come up with designs. Um, mm-hmm. We did one year where it was based on fantasy aircraft or spaceships. And oh, this cool. year it's all about taking something that was a balsa plan and converting it and reviving it for foam board. Nice. So that's that's a lot of fun. Um, also have a bunch of indoor balsa and, uh, and a couple of phobies for indoor flying and then uh-huh. a couple of multi-rotors, a flight test gremlin, a wizard. Um, nice. One of uh, David Windenstall's tricopters. Nice. Got to have a tricopter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, awesome. that's about most of it. No other, no other actual helicopters. So you said indoor balsa, right? Um, yeah. Like what kind of what kind of wingspans? Like, because I I have it in my head that I'm gonna fly this bar, uh, barnstormer indoors. It's a little fast for that. Um, yeah, yeah, especially with that 1806 quad motor on the front. It's it's a screamer. It'll it'll move really quick. Um, for a lot of the the indoor ones that I've got, there's a company Stevens Aero Model. Uh, he's out of Colorado, and he's still um, producing great kits. And he does a lot of ones that uh, you take the the electronic package, the guts out of a UMX Champ or a UMX Trojan or any of those. Oh wow, okay. And you really, really small up. planes. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're they range from you know like twelve to sixteen inch wingspans, um, mostly you know, one cell. Um, and they're you could fly them outdoors on a really calm morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with any wind, it'll take them out of the, take them out of your sight really quick. Uh, but they're yeah. fun to fly in a gym. We, you know, when the weather gets bad, we try to get some time at a couple of high school gyms around here and, mm-hmm. and go fly indoors. Oh, cool, awesome. So that was your boss stuff, right? I mean, well, that was a bunch <laughs> of other stuff too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of other like uh, the Horizon hobbies, the T twenty eight. You know, nice. those are are good fun classic ones. Um, what, of course, I had your, to. What's your biggest play? 
Uh, my biggest plane right now that I have is uh, Quaker. Uh, I believe it's the Flash, and it's got a 72-inch wingspan on it. Okay. Um, That's a good size. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I also had uh, uh, a World War One. Uh, we, we called it the the Eindecker or the Frankendecker. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was definitely a custom custom built about eighty eighty two inch wingspan. Wow! Uh, and I, yeah. I rescued nice. it from a garage and and you know, recovered it and got it flying and and it flew great until the wings collapped and then it just came tumbling down. Oh no! Oh, no. Yeah, it happens. Every plane has that expiration date. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, let's talk about what you have for like supporting equipment, and that's you know like your radio, batteries, charger, mm-hmm. those type of things. Uh, so for radios, I've been a, a real big fan of Open TX. Uh, mm. So for me, the radio is more about what hardware is going to run the software that I want to run. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've uh, dabbled a little bit with the old Trinity 9X, but mostly mm-hmm. I've been running the various Tyrannus and FreeSky radios. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've uh, converted one of the Tyrannuses over to be a single stick radio. Um and Whoa. then I yeah, that that was a fun project. 3D, you know, designed a new case for it and, yeah. and soldered in a one of the different gimbal sticks on it, which is it's pretty cool. Um then so usually, it's it's basically um Single stick with the rudder, aileron, and elevator on one stick, right? Exactly. Yeah, the rudder is a twisting motion with the, the stick. Twist on top. Yeah, the knob. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then you hold it sort of cradled in your your left hand, and and the fingers that are sticking up um, mm-hmm. land right onto a slider for the throttle. Mm, nice, neat. So it's the kind of setup that I've always thought would work really well for helicopters, where you're, at least in my mind, I think you're more setting the head speed. Um, and then flying with the directional with a, a static head speed, but but I don't know. I don't seem to see anybody trying to do it with helicopters. So maybe there's a darn good reason why you don't. They used to. Curtis Youngblood was one of the big mm. uh, folks out there that you know pro pilot and you know had his own business in the helicopter industry at the time. And mm-hmm. he would he would yeah he would buy or modify his radios to be single stick. Oh cool. They, they say it's really good for coordinated turns and stuff like that, which yeah. you have to on a helicopter. Like everything's coordinated, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, I can't understand the whole collective. Like your positive negative pitch on the blades, mm-hmm. like that would freak me out if it's on a slider. Yeah, <laughs> you know, think, so I'm not sure how that is. I think uh, if I remember correctly, Curtis had a normal stick on the left side for collective. Okay. Oh yeah, and then he had the except the it just went up and down. It, it didn't nice. It didn't yeah, do it didn't rudder. do a rudder. Yeah, nice. a, sl- a slider wouldn't really work because, like you, you're correct, John, that you don't change head speed, but your pitch is going up and down a lot, constantly moving. And okay, it yeah, has to be able to move very fast or very precise. Mm. So I don't think a slider would work very well for that. Okay, but, mm-hmm. but a dual stick with a, st- a rotation on correct. that right hand mm-hmm. stick yeah. that would work. That should be fun. Yeah. I have to mess around with putting one of those together. But anyway. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so open the TX. Stuff. Okay. So, yeah, mm-hmm. open TX. I got a bunch of free sky radios, the Tyrannus and the, the QX7. And I got one of the little X-Lite ones that I use for my indoor stuff. Nice. They're, it's just tiny. Yeah, a little gamer-looking controller, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's It actually works great. You know, it runs the same software. From mm-hmm. the computer side, it all looks the same. I can move the models between the different ones. Just have oh, to make nice. sure my channel mapping didn't get messed up on which switch is going to which function. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. 
but that works out nice. So, and let's see how, uh, for charger wise, I've, I've really gotten hooked on the ISDT line. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, rather than having to have one big charger, I just, I think at this point I've got three or four of the little ISDT ones and it's just a lot more convenient to plug in one battery and just, you know, fill it up quick and move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a small form factor, which is great. Yeah. Really easy to throw a couple yeah. of them in the bag and not worry about it. Yeah, and they're inexpensive. So you could buy two or three of them. Yes. Yeah. They're not very big, yeah. but if you got four of those, it's the same as having one great big one. <laughs> that was my thought. Yeah. Yeah. I've been pretty happy with it. And for, for batteries, um, I'd say the ones I've been buying recently have mostly been from China Hobby Line. Um, those are, are real popular with the, the multi-router crew out in our area. Um, okay. They're just really very affordable for the, the sea power that you're getting out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though for planes I don't often need more than maybe a 30C battery, mm-hmm. um, I like to buy the ones that are at least 50 to 70C anyway just in case I want to throw them into a twin-engine plane. Um, I don't have to, to worry about and only have half my batteries be useful in that scenario. Yeah. So how did you get started with Balsa? Yeah, you said you kind of started with flight tests, correct, Yeah, John? So how did you make the transition from foam to Balsa? Coming back into it, um, laser cut kits. Mm -hmm. Um, And just remembering how much fun it was to to see a kit that was covered and to just watch the sunlight coming through it as it's flying overhead. Yeah. Um, They just, they, they look like, you know, they're, they're such beautiful little works of art and, mm-hmm. and especially with the transparent, I, I love doing a transparent covering on at least part of a plane so that you can see yeah. that structure yeah. inside and, and see the mechanics of how it works. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Me too. Especially like the wings. I don't know. Yeah. about the wings, the ribs and stuff. It just looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, and then, and then finding out how easy these laser cut kits are these days. Um, you don't hardly need a building board. You don't need to have, you know, all these stick pins and try to find a, right. a flat ceiling tile or something to work on. Um, you know, they, they pretty much go together in your hands and in your lap. And then you just put it down on a flat surface for a minute to level it up and hit it with a spot of glue and, and you're off to the next part of it. So yeah. they're just, they go together so much more quickly than, kind of than planes. Yeah, absolutely. And then once I got firmly hooked back onto it, now I love going back and doing some of the old school kits too. Mm. But I still do make foam. I just tend to do maybe two balsa planes and then a foamy and then back to balsa. Yeah. That kind of leads me to my next question. So balsa or foam? Oh, all of it. <laughs> Every, everything's got its use and everything's got its place. And, and it's fun to, to overcome the different challenges and limitations of each one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when I go fly streamer combat, there's no way I'm going to take one of my balsa planes out there. Right, no. You know, for that stuff, I want you know, a, a flight test simple scout or a, a goblin or, you know, one of the, the bloody, bloody, bloody P-40, I think, is the, the mm. one I've been flying most recently with it. You know, those are, are great for that. Sure. Um, yeah. Or, or for teaching new kids on. Um, I do a, a lot of buddy boxing and, and helping out new flyers at our club. And, you know, for those, I, I don't I don't want to put them up in a balsa plane, not because I'm afraid of, of what would happen to the plane, but because I don't want them to go through this 
this feeling that, oh my goodness, I've just destroyed something precious. Um, yeah. Cause that, yeah. that can turn some <laughs> people off. Of yeah. Policies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that can really turn kids off sometimes. And so I'd rather have them, you know, go up in a foamy where if we have a rough landing and a cartwheels down the runway, even if it comes up into pieces, I'll, sh- I'll show them, hey, hold on. I got a glue stick right here. We'll put yeah. it back together right now. Or even now. if it's destroyed, you say, oh, it's just a couple dollars of foam board. We'll make another Absolutely. one. It's no big yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And normally one sheet of foam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, th- I think they've they've absolutely both got their benefits, and and then there's some real neat stuff that you can do with uh, with the foam, even when you go on the on the higher end of stuff, and when you're you're looking at vacuum bagging and, and doing stuff like we've got some friends that that really get into and you know right. using that foam core um, and either balsa coating it or uh, laminating over the top of it, um, mm-hmm. and can get some real complex airfoil shapes really quickly um, mm-hmm. with a hot wire cutter. So. Yeah, there's there's definitely advantages to to all of it. You just have to figure out, given your skill and the materials you have and what you're trying to do, what's what's the right one to to do. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um, we were touched. Uh, you were talking a little bit before we started recording about the covering for these mm-hmm. uh, willy nilly kits. Mm-hmm. Talking about how it preferred to use a like an ultra lightweight covering yeah so do you think like an ultra coat or a monocoat is going to be too thick and heavy for these small airframes yeah especially when we're we're talking about the willy-nillies and and anytime you're you're looking at a laser cut kit i think that's like 24 inches or smaller wingspan and that smaller size right. um if you use the traditional monocoat or ultra coat um on one hand the coverings are a lot heavier in some cases they're even three times heavier mm-hmm. than one of the lightweight coverings but the other real danger is those heavyweight coverings have a lot of of power in them when you hit them with the heat gun and you're shrinking it up yeah. to get all the wrinkles could, out i guess you could warp it pretty bad if oh, you're not careful you, you could warp it or in some cases you can just crush it uh-huh. um yeah, depending on on how well the structure was designed and put together. Yeah. Uh, so definitely for for little stuff for little planes, go for the lightweight covering. Um, it's mostly the same. It's a little bit, maybe a couple of different techniques to using it. Okay. Um, but it's it's pretty much the same. You know, you're. Well, since I've never covered one with ultra coat or monocoat, then I I ah. have no technique, so it should Excellent. be hard to learn the the lightweight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought I that was an interesting through, uh, point that I hadn't really thought about, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just thought, well, I've got several rolls of Ultra Coat from doing repairs and stuff on my mm-hmm. Balsa ARFs. So I was like, well, I could just use that. But now that you bring it up, I mean, that's an yeah. excellent point. It's considerably heavier, I would imagine, yeah. than that ultra lightweight stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you, you might be able to get away with it for like the fuselage has a pretty strong structure. Yeah. Um, I'd be I'd be very worried about the wing warping or crushing sure. uh, for the, the willing well, release kits. But you want it as lightweight as possible. So yeah. if you can do it without adding all that extra weight of all covering, the then that mm-hmm. makes sense. Gives you a wider flight envelope. You can mm-hmm. slow down more. You don't have a, such a high stall speed. All, all good things to to have that lightweight. Good to know. Yeah. Awesome. 
cool. But yeah, as far as, as covering techniques and how to do covering, um, I'll say again, if, if, uh, I know it, it seems counterintuitive, but over on the flight test forums, we've got a really active balsa section, uh-huh. uh, the balsa builders and breakers section over there. Um, and one of the threads that we've got pinned in there is, you know, say your first time balsa build. So you want to start building, um, and uh, a couple of our forum members, um, Joker and, and myself and a couple of others have, have put together a bunch of, you know, here's things you might need, here's tools you might need, um, here's techniques. And, and for the covering stuff, uh, we just linked out to some excellent covering tutorials uh, that people have put together over on RC groups um, and some videos. So there's there's lots of things that, you know. Lots of places to, to help learn the techniques, but there's nothing quite like actually trying it. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is if it doesn't turn out quite the way you like it, you just warm it up again a little bit with the iron and pull it right off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's real easy to, to start back over again. That's, oh, another nice. point good to know. I was, uh, I was about to yeah. say I might as well go ahead and order another couple kits. So <laughs> I when know. I completely yeah. screw up the first one, I can just trash it and build another one. Yeah, just just an extra couple things of covering. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. But for for basic covering steps, uh, the the things you want to think about. Um, of course, you've got your iron. Um, I I definitely recommend uh, the first thing to do would be to take one of those. Uh, we, we call them sprues back in the the old plastic model days. But the the remainder balsa piece after you punch out all your parts. Oh yeah, yeah. You're left with that little mm-hmm. frame. Yeah, just. Take a piece of covering and practice covering over that, um, and that'll that'll help you get a feel for the temperature okay. and and yeah. you know how hot to really have the iron. Sure. Um, you know, there's always recommendations for exactly what degrees to use. Um, I, I don't often find those very helpful. I find it's easier to just well let me actually try it. Let me, you know turn yeah. the Turn the knob to a three. Will it make it stick? Nope. Okay, let's turn it up a little higher. You know, oops, that went too high. It now shrunk up, and and now I can't keep control of the edges. Um, so once you uh, can figure out uh, the right temperature, that'll usually stay consistent for the whole brand of okay. uh, of covering, which is sort of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. But then when you start doing the covering, do not think that it all has to go on in one sheet. I know when it's done, it looks like it's covered by one sheet, but really you can do it in a bunch of smaller steps and smaller pieces and have it come out looking great still. Okay. Uh, and and you want to as well start from the bottom. So you want to cover like the bottom of your plane or the bottom of a wing first and go all the way out to the edges and then cover it just so the covering attaches down around the side of the edge as well. And then slice it off with a razor, sharp razor. Always, always grab new razor blades, change them out frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as a razor starts to drag um, or, or tear the covering, just chuck it away and grab another one. Um, but anyway, so you start from the bottom, you bring it out and cover that edge. And then when you do the top, it comes down the same amount over that edge and that covering to covering gets a really solid bond and the the uh, the opening, so to speak, of that joint is pointing down. So visibly, you're not going to see it when you're looking at the plane from the top. Okay. Um, mm. And you'll barely even see it from the bottom. Um, they really do just fade right into invisibility. Um, nice. So for like the fuselage, you want to do the bottom first, then do the sides, and then do the top so that everything you know, would, would flow down. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. 
So everything overlaps downwards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, it'll just, it'll look better that way. Um, and then for wings, the other thing to do with the wings is do the wing tip first. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and don't plan on doing the whole wing in one piece. Uh, it's, it's so much easier to, to cut out a, a rectangular piece that's big enough to do the bottom of the wing tip and put it on and it, hook it onto the uh, the rib first, the shape of the rib. And then as you're heating it and pulling it around to get it to come down around that uh, wing tip and get it all all hooked, um, you'll find that the, the ends that are left off are going to be all crinkly and crazy looking. Slice them all off and then do the top of that wing tip. And then you come in with another piece and just do, you know, a sheet across the bottom. Or I like to do just half of the wing at a time. Do the outboard half and then do the the half on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. And the seams will really disappear and you'll be a lot less frustrated and have a, a much better, you know, experience with it rather than, you know, if you've, you've covered the whole bottom of the wing, it looks great. And then you get to the wing tip and then it screws up. Yeah. And then you get all frustrated, like, oh, yeah. no, no, I got to tear it all off. And and that's, yeah, you know, that makes it, sense. Do the hardest yeah. part first. Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. ask you about the covering. Um, when you're covering, like, say, your, your horizontal stab or your vertical stab, mm-hmm. um, you don't, do you glue those pieces on first and then kind of cover from to. inside out? I try not to. Yeah. Um, The willy nilly's kits, um, they don't require you to do that. You can absolutely cover the the stabilizers flat on the workbench and then, you know, put it up on the plane where it's going to be and take a razor and and just draw down the the edge of that joint Mm -hmm. and then come back and peel off the covering where it needs to have the glue joint and glue it in place. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you can end up with a little tiny gap there. Yeah. that can be fixed if you want to come back in with another little piece and and do like a little thin strip to make that angle. Um, okay. But a, a lot of times you'll find you can get it close enough that if you hold it out at arm's length, you won't even notice it anymore. And that's you know that's good enough to go fly. Um, if you're really trying to do a you know really high end covering job, or if the design of the plane is such that you have to have the pieces mounted before you can cover them, uh, like a built-in shoulder wing or or a, a mid-level wing where it's built into the fuselage and it mm-hmm. it doesn't come out. In those cases, you want to take a thin strip of covering and cover that 90 degree joint or, or wherever that join is first. And that way, when you lay oh, on your large flat sheet, yeah, your large flat sheet will come up and overlap onto it, and it'll hide that seam without having, you know, because you, you can't take that covering around that 90-degree inside bend. Because as soon as you try to heat it up, it's going to pull away from that joint. Um, and that just that just doesn't work right. So Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. You take a strip, <clears throat> what, like a inch or half inch depending on the size of the even, plane. Yeah, even even smaller at, at times, you know, if you get if you get maybe a half inch sounds about right, you know, yeah, a quarter right. inch on each side of that mm-hmm. and right. And and yeah, that'll that'll help help clean it up. Cool. Um Okay. I think it's anything else. Yeah, um, there's all kinds of, of advanced, crazier stuff. Like if you uh, you see the multicolor stuff that's done, you know, of course, it's really easy at first to just start out and do each individual piece as one whole color, um, and that's an easy way to get started. Um, and then the next 
technique would be to use a different color piece on the bottom of the wing from the top of the wing. And yeah. that's a pretty, pretty easy thing. Um, and then like the, the barnstormers that I've been doing recently, you know, I've got a, a two color wing where the center of the wing is a different color than the outside of the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those cases, you, uh, you know, pay attention to your your color theory. You want to go down with your your brighter colors and cover it with the darker, more opaque color mm-hmm. uh, when you do your scenes. Um, yeah. So like if you're painting something. Exactly. Exactly. And then try to make all of your joints on you know where you've got a rib, mm-hmm. especially at the wings. You know you want to you want to stop it at a rib. Um, if you want to get into real more advanced, crazier shapes with the covering, um, the thing to do is to work on a big sheet of glass and lay out all the pieces of covering flat on the glass first. And then you use a, uh, a trim solvent. Monocoat makes a, a good trim solvent um, and an iron. And you actually iron the pieces together when they're on the glass and then pick them up off the glass and iron it onto your plane. Uh, oh, and that's, that's how you that. get That's neat. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I've done it on uh, on two designs so far. I'm, I'm just you know always trying to to push my skills there and, and learn more. So I've done that on on two designs so far, and it's it works out, but it definitely takes a practice too. Yeah. Cool. What about when you use um, you know, covering to do like trim work? Mm. You know, um, lines or stars or crosses. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of different ways. Um, the because I, I I really like to have my little trim to look just so. Um, I went and bought a, a little desktop vinyl cutter, yeah, a little mm-hmm. little twelve inch wide vinyl cutter. You can also use the the Cricut series; those vinyl cutters will work great. Yeah, um, yep. And as long as you're not cutting out a really big shape, as long as it's you know sort of small and sort of thin, I don't think the weight of the vinyl has any any problem at all, and those can just stick right on. Okay, um, so you just use vinyl. You don't actually do like the monocoat, whatever the ultra yeah. coat, whatever like. Um, well, yeah, and I've I've done that as well, where you use the the covering, the monocoat covering. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're using a covering where the the layer that's going on top has a lower temperature that the adhesive sticks mm. um, than the one underneath, then you can probably get it to work out okay. If the one that's going on top has a higher temperature, then you're going to have all kinds of problems because the bottom mm-hmm. stuff's going to try to shrink up at a different rate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that can be a real problematic. Um, now, there is, again, that that stuff I mentioned, that uh, trim solvent uh, from Monocoat um, that you can use. And it's sort of a – it chemically activates the adhesive on the back of the covering. Mm-hmm. And that way you can put it on without heat. Um, yeah. But even in those cases, if it's not the same brand and type of covering, if you end up with sags or wrinkles, you know, it sits over, you know, over the winter and, and humidity wow. changes and what okay. all happens when you come back to try to take those wrinkles out is where things can get dicey. Um, yeah, but OK. So it's it's certainly worth doing and worth trying and experimenting with. But, um, you know, different different ways of, of attacking it will give you different different right. results. Maybe stick with the same brand or, or the I, same type. If you can, yeah. yeah. If you can, stick with the same the same brand, the same type um, for each plane. Um, mixing monocoat, monocoat and ultra coat, the the full strength ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had it go okay where I had the ultra coat as a base and then put some monocoat trim on top. Um, the opposite way didn't work quite as well for me. Yeah. Um, 
but I do love Ultra Coat as, as far as the heavier weight coverings. The Ultra Coat just goes on really easily. It has a a little different feel than putting on Monocoat, and it, it works really nice. So if you're just buying a fresh roll to to do a repair or do something, the Ultra Coat I, I definitely recommend is an easier one to put on. Mm, that's what I've heard. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Awesome. Oh, and then one other thing that we were talking about earlier before we started recording on the uh, the lightweight coverings. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these lightweight coverings, the when you peel off that that protective layer and the adhesive is exposed, yes. if that covering folds over onto itself, mm-hmm. that little adhesive on there will just permanently bind itself together almost instantly. Um, and it can be real frustrating if it if it folds over and, and crinkles up on itself because it'll ruin a piece of covering. So if that um, happens, you might as well chuck it in the trash and start again. Yeah, that's that, that's where it's real helpful. I find to 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 one to work in smaller pieces, not try uh-huh. to to cover a wing top and bottom out of one piece. Instead, do it in in sections. Okay. Um, and then also, if you can, work on a glass sheet on a glass tabletop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clean it down with a Windex first. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you work on glass, if you make your cuts on glass. Um, and then peel it back. Just the the static electricity will hold that covering nice and flat, and and it won't tend to jump up and move around on you. Like if you were working on a, a Lexan or some some other type of surface, glass really seems to work very well for that. Oh, neat. That's a cool tip. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, if you can hit up, you know, just head to the uh, Home Depot. I don't think they sell uh, tempered glass, but they've got untempered glass that I've used before. But if you uh, push a little too hard on that, you end up with cracks. Be careful, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, really going by the – That's better by than the tempered because you press a little oh. too hard on it, you end up with a whole table full of little squares. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that, that would all go at once. So, yeah, the, the work surface I really like now, I got it, uh, bought a, a glass tabletop at Goodwill. Um, and it was uh, one of those glass tables that was nice and thick and it was mm-hmm. you know, only supported in like four points uh, with the, the legs that were holding it up. So it was a really thick, heavy piece oh, of glass. Nice. And that, that works out really nicely if you can find something like that. Yeah, I was um... – interesting what i'm working on it's like uh it's i don't know it's about like three eighths inch thick glass but it's only, oh, it's only good. yeah it's only like um i think it's basically 18 by 12 inch mm-hmm. and it's not like a like i can't put the full wings on or anything but it's funny because this glass i got free when my wife and i went to montreal and we're at a gift shop and we bought a bunch of stuff and they're like would you like a free glass cheese plate that says montreal i'm like uh sure, sure. <laughs> i don't know what i'll ever use this Not for really maybe. but i don't want to be rude so sure yeah exactly. yeah and and i basically was like okay i'll take it because on helicopter frames especially like you know um when you're building the frame and putting the the uh, main bearing box in you want to put the main shaft in and make sure everything is squared away, and you usually put it on a sheet of glass. So I was like, oh, nice. I'll use it for that. I never used it for that. Oh. <laughs> I ended up just using it for this balsa kit now. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, it's, yeah, it's got to so, use now. Yeah. Yes, this, it's got to use. Can, perfect. As <laughs> long as you can fit half a wing on it, it's plenty big. Yep, yep. I could fit half a wing, and I could get most of the fuselage on there, you know, diagonally. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and the interesting part is like I have it covered with wax paper, but and some of the mm-hmm. pictures you'll see like it says like it's like you can see through the wax paper and see like Montreal mm-hmm. and like the city, you know, <laughs> skyline or whatever. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so it's very interesting. 
Yeah. You know, an interesting thing I found about wax paper, CA glue actually does stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it will bug you. Um, it, it doesn't stick really hard, and but it, it's it's just enough to be annoying. But the parchment paper. That's the, actually what it, I'm using. Yeah, oh, there you paper. go. Parchment paper works great. Yeah. Yeah. CA just bubbles like uh, wax, yeah. like, you know, if your car is wax of water. Excellent. Yeah. I, I don't ever remember seeing this parchment paper when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. It seems to be a new phenomenon, but, uh, but yeah, it works great for a building surface. Yeah. I was like, I can't find a roll of wax paper. I went upstairs to the kitchen. I was like, I got parchment paper. Hopefully it'll work. You, you, you got yeah. the right one there. Yeah. So, so wow. What a stroke of luck there. Um, cool. Let's nice. see here. Uh, do we have any other questions or do we want to? Oh, yeah. Scratch building. Yeah. Right? Have you done any scratch building? Oh, John? well, well, with it depends. Yeah, that depends on how we define scratch. Um, <laughs> so I've I've certainly worked from a sheet of plans and a bag of sticks. Um, mm-hmm. So if we call that scratch building, yes. Um, I haven't done my own balsa designs yet, mm-hmm. but that is on the on the. Uh, that's on the horizon. That's on the goals out there. Is I want to uh, to actually design and and work out my own balsa um, nice. planes from that. On foam side, absolutely. I've got all the way from you know design in CAD and working off the three views of historical pictures and you know bringing it all together and and ending up with. Oh God! Oh, actually, awesome. we talked. Yeah, we talked earlier about the biggest plane that I have. I forgot about this beast. I've got a hundred and one inch wingspan canard style World War II bomber. <laughs> that's made out of wow. hot wire cut foam and fiberglass covered and uh, it has not yet had its maiden flight um but it, it will happen soon ish <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so big i don't have any place to hang it up and actually balance it um, oh boy yeah so i've, I've got to uh, arrange a time when i can go up and visit my buddy carl um, he's got a, a big Vanessa rig that he can hang from his garage and, and he's sized to handle the big planes like that. So I gotta, I gotta do a final weight and balance on that plane before she's ready to go. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> wow. hundred, what'd you say? 102? Yeah. 102 inches. Yeah. Ooh. 102 inch wingspan. It's That's a big plane. It's a beast. Ah. Yeah. It's a twin engine too. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Tricycle gear in the canard style. So it's got a little tiny wing up front and the big wing in the back. And yep. It, it looks it looks really cool. I, I really like how it turned out. Um, nice. I also built some smaller uh, 36 inch wingspan versions of it as prototypes, just to you know learn about the flight characteristics and where I wanted to balance it and stuff. And and those mm-hmm. those fly real well. They're a lot of fun too. Oh, awesome, cool. All right, uh, Andy, do you have any further questions for John? Uh, not that I can think of. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm sure I'll think of stuff as soon as we hang yeah. up. Like, oh damn. Well, yeah. like I say, you know, for you guys and for anyone listening, you know, if you've got any questions, balsa building-wise, um, other building stuff, um, yeah, really over on the flight test forums, we're all about helping people out. Um, yeah, there's there's tons of answers out there, and and you will never hear somebody say go Google it. Mm-hmm. That is that is not an acceptable answer from use our, our community bar. over there. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just bar. that's not part of our community over there because <laughs> no. a lot of times people don't even know the words to search for. Yeah, and yeah, that's no, half no. the problem. So and, you and know, that's yeah, and that's the part that people that know the knowledge don't understand. Sometimes yeah. they're like, "Oh, this has been talked about uh, over and over again. Look it up." And it's like, what? What do I look up? I don't up? even know what to look <laughs> up. I don't yeah. know the words. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't build yeah. the vocabulary yet. 
help me understand. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, our community is all about that over there. You can look me up. I'm Rocky Boy on the forums over there. Um, any of us with a little green mentor tag on uh, the community mm-hmm. mentors and and you know there's it's just a really helpful community whether you're doing balsa or or multi rotors or programming Arduino we've got a huge CNC section for needle cutters and some laser cutters and printers and if it's any way related to the hobby somebody's having fun with it and, and sharing what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a it's Rascal CNC because I know that was oh, a yeah. thing from Flight Test. Yeah, well, not Flight Test, but Nernick and um and Kevin Matusek and, and, yeah, and yeah. A few. yeah, yeah, they do a support for it over there. There's there's a few guys with that. Yeah, there's a there's a, a needle cutter thread where uh, God, I think this thing's got over a quarter million posts on it right now. Wow. It's incredibly huge. Of multiple years worth of uh, of working on on designing these needle cutters where. You know, trying to do laser cut foam board is is real difficult. You need a really high power laser, and it's got to be the right wavelength, um, mm-hmm. and it's really expensive. Yeah, that's what's the cost of it. Oh yeah, it's but but if you've got a CNC machine that can can drive an X and Y and the Z axis a little bit, mm-hmm. um, these needle cutters. The idea is it's sort of like a tattoo gun, where it's just pounding the needle up and down a few thousand times a, a second. Oh. There. Okay, when you I, I had no idea what you were talking about with needle cutters. I thought you were talking about just you know rotary tool like CNC. Oh, but no. you're actually talking about a physical needle. Yeah. Poking the foam board. Yeah, yeah. We we make needles That's out of welding thing, rod. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Use a, a thin welding rod or or a push yeah. rod. Uh, sharpen the end, and then we put a flywheel on a brushless motor, and yeah, you spin it up to to just the right uh, RPM to get a good cut, and then you yeah. you let your CNC machine. Do the work of moving it around. Um, nice. And it's it's uh, something as a hobbyist you can get into. Even if you don't have a CNC platform to start with, you yeah. can build something all together for two hundred bucks, two hundred and fifty dollars, easy. Wow. Oh, I gotta look that up because you know, <laughs> I think the last time I've been on the flight test forums besides to contact you was more just uh, yeah, it was just about the rascal and and three D printing and yeah. that's about it. I didn't yeah, know. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. We got all kinds of stuff going over there, yeah. Nice needle cutting. I got to take a look at that. Oh yeah, it's fun. So I know you mentioned before that you have like three D printers, laser cutters. Like, mm-hmm. so did you build these? Did you buy them? Like, what what oh, what, what kind uh, of you know equipment <laughs> do you have? What kind of uh, building in, equipment? <laughs> yeah, in some cases I've I've bought kits, in other cases I've scratch built. Um, yeah. So okay. I. I I started with 3D printers back when uh, the printer bot was a Kickstarter thing. Um, oh, yeah. Way back in the day. So I, I, mm-hmm. I got one of those Kickstarter kits and, and I built that and then I used nice. it to build a better one. Yep. Um, my current 3D printer is uh, Folger Tech 2020, which is a, a Prusa i3 clone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've extended the, the height on it and switched out the hot end and stuff. But I, I worked from that Folger Tech kit. I, I really like that. That, that worked okay. out really nice. nice. Um, and then I used that to build my uh, larger CNC machine, uh, which is a low rider, which is uh, designed by the same guy that did the MPCNC, uh, the multi-purpose CNC machine. Okay. Um, and it's uh, it, it works basically on a large torsion table. Think, uh, think you've got a door and it's got wheels that clamp around on the edges and mm-hmm. it moves a bar up and down the length of the door and then it moves the head across horizontally mm-hmm. um, for your Y axis back and forth. 
Okay. Um, so I've got that set up and, and it'll, uh, yeah, my bed size is, is just a little bit smaller than a, than a 36 inch wide door. Um, wow. And, that's and, and that was all 3D printed? I mean, obviously some rods and stuff you had to buy or some tracks. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a combination of – yeah, some of the fittings were 3D printed. Um, some of the uh, the stuff was just cut with a scroll saw to get some of the, the side plates on okay. um, for the, the structure around it. Yeah. But, yeah, I put that whole thing together for – I think it was, again, less than $200 to put oh, that one together. I need some links. I need some links, man. Oh, cut, come on over. Yeah, so it's yeah. there's a, a whole build thread. It's a low rider – you know, think like the cool song, mm-hmm. um, low rider CNC and, and, you know, we've got build threads to it. We'll link you back to where you can get the parts and, and all the, the designs to, to 3d print out all the fittings for it. Um, and that's initially it was designed to, to, uh, hold a, a router, like a trim router, yeah. uh, quarter yeah. inch router. Um, mm-hmm. so I've got that head for it. And then I've got my, uh, my needle cutter head that I use for it. And I just got a, a three and a half watt laser module that I'm going to, work on getting uh getting installed and working over the winter so i can uh really burn down the house (laughs) (laughs) oh man cool yeah i need to build a cnc all right anyways um oh i say the the other really nice thing about that low rider is because it's got that big flat bed that it's built on Mm -hmm. that bed is normally my workbench I just push the the arm way off to one side, and it's a okay. big flat workbench that I, you know, yeah. put my big sheet of glass on when I'm doing covering, or you know, put out something else to protect it when I'm working on it. Um, so it's it's been a really good multi use item in the, in the workshop to have as as a both a tool and a workbench. I put wheels under it so it can move it around, and you know, really a, a as far as CNC machines go, it's it's the most useful one that I've I've built so far. Awesome. All right. Andy, do you have any other questions or shall we move it on? Uh, no, let's move it on. All right. So next we got the top 10 shotgun round. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy, you want to go first or shall sure, I? Sure. I'll go first. Okay. Okay, John. Pinch your thumb. I am a thumber. I've I've tried hybrid. And I just I I can't figure it out well. <laughs> so I'm still a thumber. <laughs> no worries. Uh, nitro electric. I am all electric. That's one of the yeah. agreements that keeps me in the hobby and my family is not having that smell of nitro fuel in the house. <laughs> so. Oh, you uh, don't know what they're missing. <laughs> oh, you know I. It, it doesn't I, I do smell much when it's in the bottles, but when it's burning, oh. ooh, it smells good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That 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 sentiment is not shared by uh, <laughs> by others in my life. <laughs> so, no worries. Uh, All right. I, I, uh, I appreciate the wet fuel, but I run electric. Yeah. Small or big? So like park flyers or quarter scale? Most of what I have fits in uh, that four foot to five foot wingspan area. Uh, right. That seems to be the the size I'd that I, I really seem to grab towards. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like some bigger ones. I just don't have as much space to, to store as many big ones as that's I would a, like. Actually, that's kind of in between, to be honest, the four to yeah. five foot. Because park flyers are usually like 43 inches and down, I guess. Mm-hmm. Less. Yeah, I'd say 40 yeah. and down. Yeah. yeah, I've got a handful. 
you know, maybe a third of my fleet is is down in that smaller size. But mm. but I do like them when they're a little bit bigger. They handle the wind a little yeah. better. I don't have to yeah, uh, chase them all over the sky so much. I can fly where I want to go, not where the plane wants to go. <laughs> yes. Cool. Uh, do you fly with a gyro? I've got gyros on two or three of my planes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I even turn it on every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, not not usually. Um, you know, once you learn to fly on a on a flight test tiny trainer, and you, you yeah. go through all the crashing and the mashing and how it gets mangled up, and you know the glue mm-hmm. repairs and all. By the time you can fly that thing pretty well in circuits, you're a pretty decent pilot, um, yep. and, and you don't really need a gyro. <laughs> so they they are sort of fun sometimes to to play around with, but I find calibrating them is is sort of a frustrating experience at times and mm-hmm. i don't don't usually use it uh flying style more scale or extreme aerobatics oh i'm on the more sport scale side of that okay. um i can appreciate the extreme aerobatics but um i don't spend enough time at the flying field or on a simulator to really get good at it so sure um yeah i, I like drilling holes in the sky a little bit the other way so yeah not hovering nice uh strap or strapless i'm a strap-on guy for sure on that um, <laughs> yeah I've, I've, I've had that experience at the field where where you walk out and and you you accidentally drop when you're leaning over to pick up your plane and the the motor goes to full and it tries to run away from you and uh, yeah after that i i learned how to program a good throttle cut system mm, on my radio yep. and i always wear a strap now <laughs> nice yeah. what about servos you go inexpensive or high-end well eh, actually probably inexpensive all the okay. way around uh, I, I like to use those cheap blue nine gram mm-hmm. yeah, the, the hextronic or whatever you find sure. for for cheap for all my foamies mm-hmm. um or the balsa planes. I usually like to, to use the Emacs uh, Metal Gear okay. 12 grams and 9 grams. That's they're still on the cheaper side for servos, but right. yeah, nice. They they work good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you like a profile style or a full fuselage style plane? Full fuselage. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the whole effect. Um, yep. Some of, some of the profile stuff does look pretty neat, and there's been a couple of racers like the the old school model works has come out with a couple new uh, profile balsa racers. Nice. Uh, that look they, they look pretty interesting, but uh, at this point, it's definitely prefer the full fuselage look. Yeah. Cool. What about your power setup? You prefer like a high KV small prop? screamer or a low kv big prop or hmm. torquey yeah it's it's if you, you've got a fit to the plane of course but i would say looking at most of my fleet it's probably the lower kv higher bigger prop okay. a little more torquey a little more the, the thrust mm-hmm. on that end sure. rather than the high end more than the except speed. for those kudas yeah, yeah. except for yeah. those kudas <laughs> those run what like a six inch prop or something or yeah five five and a half five yeah yeah five and a half by by five five by five or six yeah yeah five million rpm yeah oh yeah all the rpms yeah when it unloads coming out of a dive and yeah buzzing the field oh it's man i got me thinking about that kit too i gotta give i gotta give lane a call 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, both of them are great. He's got a, a an EPP foam as well as the balsa kit, and they're both a ton of fun. Yeah, I'd probably do the the balsa kit just because I like the building aspect. Mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna yeah. wrench and build. And he's come out with a a night flyer balsa version too, where he's got all these really Ooh. cool shapes cut out of the fuselage and the wings for lighting up oh, from outside. That sounds cool. I'm yeah. so tempted to buy one of those, and and yeah, <laughs> they look really neat. Awesome. Okay, and the final question is, do you like big events or small events? So like Fly Fest or a small club event? Mm, I think I prefer the smaller club events. Um, and I, I love Flight Fest, but I'm I'm an introvert at heart. So, um, you know, I'll go to Flight Fest and have fun and interact with people all, all day long. And then when the when the sun goes down, I just want to, you know, go hide in the tent and, or, or fly by myself in one small corner of the field and, you know, sort of recharge my batteries. So, nice. so I definitely appreciate, you know, going to the, the smaller events. Uh, our club does a lot of events where the, the attendance is anywhere from 10 to 20 people. And yeah, you get a chance to, to talk with everyone a little bit more and, yeah. and help everyone out and appreciate what everybody's up to. And, and those, uh, those just seem a lot more comfortable. Awesome. Yeah, cool. I I do want to get down to Seth though. That is something I'm I'm trying to do nice. in the next year. Um, I, I want to see the field out there and mm-hmm. meet some of these uh, these other builders that have just done amazing, beautiful planes. So awesome! Yeah. All right, so that's our top ten shotgun round. All right, let's move to news announcements. Let's do it. <laughs> Where's Kevin? News <laughs> and News. announcements. All right. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you're going to say it or not. Yeah, well, I was actually going to wait to see if John was going to say. It. <laughs> oh, you know, I was waiting for someone to start out, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, every time somebody around my house even says, "Well, what's on the news?" I just automatically want to jump in and yell and announcements, and, <laughs> and they look at me what? funny. Yeah. They uh, look at me so. We got okay. a little bit of news from Urcha. Uh-huh. They are opening up for 2020 when the uh, election for to replace the board member. So yeah. we need nominations, or they need Doc nominations. Uh, it says nominations will be accepted December 1st through January 1st. Nominees must be in good standing and have been a member of Urcha for one year. Uh-oh. And you can email your nominations to elections at urcha.org. Each nominee must accept the nomination and fill out the official nomination form. And the election will be held starting on February 1st, 2020, with the end of the election on February 25th, 2020. And, of course, you can go to urcha.org and read what I just told you. If you don't believe me, <laughs> I don't believe you. I want to look. No. Uh, I knew you didn't. <laughs> so think about that. Like seriously, we need some some good folks that are willing to to be a part of Urcha. Yeah, absolutely. Get involved. Get involved. Yeah. It's it's how you make something better is to be a part of exactly. it. One hundred percent. Especially if you're a big whiner. Yeah. You like to whine about shit. <laughs> Get in a fix it. Cry, baby, just it. shut yeah. up and go do something. Yeah. yeah. Do something about it. Be a part of making it better. Exactly. 
Uh, next thing I saw today, our friend Kerry Shirley and his store, Gas Powered Helicopters, uh-huh. is carrying a quote unquote high performance version of the miniature aircraft Whiplash Gasser V2. Yeah, I was looking at that and I'm. And by I mean, high what's per- high performance? Well, it's the normal kit, but he includes the 16 tooth pinion, the miniature aircraft XL air filter and the carbon fiber tail push rod. And okay. as far as I can tell, it's the same price as the normal kit. So I don't know why oh, you cool. wouldn't get it from him with these extra parts. Yeah. I ran the air filter on mine for a while and I've got, you know, I had to deal with the pinion problem. And mm-hmm. uh, they're actually bringing me a new bale and pinion nice. this week so, from Germany. So I'll get that all sorted out. So this 16-tooth, is this the one you're currently running? Or? No, I, the stock is a 17-tooth. And, and this is the one you wanted to run, I right? want the 16 so that I can right. run a higher RPM with my TRM engine to yes. keep the head mm-hmm. speed a little bit lower. And, mm-hmm. of course, I'll that'll give me a little more torque as well. Yeah. Nice. So go check that out. I mean, if you're interested in one, I mean, I would buy it from Kerry, support him because he's awesome. Does Mm -hmm. a lot of work and a lot of stuff for, to promote gas helicopters. So check that out. And let's see, what else have we got here? I got a couple that I threw up in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got a. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the willy nilly's kits that we're uh, mm-hmm. we're all so enamored of recently. Um, last week, uh, at the end of last week, he also announced he's got several more new releases that are coming out here in September or not September. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> several releases that are coming out in December um, that you can pre-order right nice. now. And he's expanded beyond just having. Um, planes that are more pylon racers and in some of the new stuff he's got some uh, some different um more sport designs as yeah, well older as designs too yeah yeah as well as some some actual trainer designs he's got the mm-hmm. the eaglet 50 which is definitely appropriate as a as a trainer and a j3 cub um so those are are it's it's nice to see him round out the different flight styles that he can support there with uh with the set of planes he's got um, and then he also just yesterday um, came out with some 3D printed motor mounts that look just like a little Cox 049 glow engine. Yes. And you mount your, uh, yeah, you just screw your brushless motor right to the front of it. Um, and they look really cool. I've got a couple on order. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get, get one of these things and put it up on the front of my, the biplane I'm building now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I didn't know that just came out because I know we spoke about it. Uh, right before we started this episode, mm-hmm. it just went up today for the the O four nine size. Um, it was about mm-hmm. maybe three or four days ago. He put up the one for the that that looks like a Pee Wee uh, an O two O motor. O two O, yep. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah excited to uh, to get my hands on one of those. 
Um, let's see. And in other Balsa news, um, Clancy Aviation, if anybody remembers back in the early 2000s, um, all the buzz was about these bees, the Speedy Bee, the Lazy Bee, the, mm-hmm. the Yard Bee, all of these bee kit designs. Um, and then Clancy went, uh, he, he closed the business down. And you can't, uh, it's even difficult to find plans. Nobody's cutting kits for it. Um, and there's one thread on RC groups that's got some bootleg copies of his plans, but he's not selling the plans anywhere. Um, but just a, about uh, about a month ago, he just announced that he is bringing the company back um, ah, and he's going to okay. start cutting kits again. So um, I'm refreshing his page every week to find out when it comes out. <laughs> but he's uh, going to be updating his designs for uh, for modern laser cutting. Um, oh, nice. Is it? So I'm I'm real excited to, to see some of these come back out. He's the the planes just look goofy and really fun. Um, all of his designs with that bubbly cartoon kind of look. Yeah, it looks um, like Norman. It really does. It really does. I think it might even be the other way around. I think they might have inspired Norman, but uh, yeah. But that's Probably. very much the style that they are, and they they just look like a whole lot of fun. So I'm real excited to see those coming back to the hobby. Because, um, like I said, right now, if if you can find a vintage kit, <laughs> um, you're you're pretty lucky. There there aren't that many for sale out there, um, and even the plans are really hard to find. So it's good to see that coming back into the hobby. Yeah, awesome. That's uh, AndyClancyDesigns.com. Ah, yes. thank you, Andy. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Nice. All right, is that it for news and announcements? That's all I've got. That's all I've got too. All right, then let's move to what's next for you in the hobby. I'll go right. first. Flying at this fun fly that I'm two days early for. <laughs> Excellent. You can even help set up the tables. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I plan to help yeah, them awesome. set up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And probably where, where, try where to get some like... flying in the next couple of days before everyone gets here and sees me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> were they like... You know you're a couple of days early, right? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, my defense, Zano's been here for, like, ever, so I might That's get, Zano, man. I don't even know if that guy works, man. I, I don't think he does. <laughs> I, I like, drove all the way down here early so that I might could catch him in the wild and watch him fly uh-huh. or something, you know? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that works. Nice. Oh, yeah, you got you to gotta, uh, do some uh, videos. Yeah, sneak no. a video when he's not looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, what about anything you, else? That's me. No, that's me. Just for me, fly. I'm. I should hopefully get that that missing part for the the barnstormer in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing probably by tomorrow, yeah. by Wednesday. So I'll try to get that kit at least the, the skeleton built and figure out. I've been re- I've been kind of stalking your uh, post, John. On, on flight test because, because I know it, you ended up having CG issues and then you ended up building a, a hatch in the front. I'm mm-hmm. going with a, a low wing, full wingspan, low wing design. No so good. I, I'll probably actually mount my wing and tell me if this is a bad idea, but I'll probably fix like mount the wing like permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think that'd be fine because I'll have a hatch up top, you know, exactly. the battery and everything else. So I figured that'd be easier to to uh, manage. 
Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think he built, even though the design is kitted so that you could do a, a high or a low wing, I think they mm-hmm. built most of their prototypes low wing. Because um, when, when I did the high wing, there were a few things that were a little odd with how the kit went together. And and, mm. uh, and Doug said he was going to make some changes to the, the kit based on a couple of things I pointed out. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. new versions, people won't run into that oh, that kind of a, a little weirdness there is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think as, as a low wing with a top hatch, I think you'll have a great, great experience with it. Awesome. So, um, and I did order the, uh, the, I don't know, whatever his version of the ultralight coat, uh, monocote is or the covering. Excellent. So I just, yeah, I ordered like two of every, not every color, but <laughs> two of, two of the most colors I want, red, white, orange, um, and some red checker too. So figure maybe I might do something, um, with that, but yeah, um, do that, and I want to go flying. I need to get some more flights on that Kraken. I want to break that motor in and start tuning it and actually start flipping it around and flopping it around and and just, you know, do my maneuvers and see how it flies. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the gasser. I do need to, and I know I've been saying this like a broken record the last couple episodes, I do need to figure out the manual for the gasser. Because after I cut the canopy for the Kraken, I felt like I did a really good job. Um, and I, I followed your instructions, Andy. I cut well within the lines, and mm-hmm. then I used I actually used a diamond. Um, not a, it's it's like a diamond coated bit. It's like mm-hmm. a weird. Uh, it's like just like a looks just like a rod with a little bit of sanding material on the ends of it. Okay. And I used that to like nicely shave down to the line, mm-hmm. real nice and simple and slowly. And you know, some of the lines aren't perfectly straight. They're maybe a little bit wavy, but it's way better than I've ever um, done with everything else when I tried yeah. cutting it. So, so it worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, so that's really going to be it. Finish this plane, go flying. Nice. Good plan. <laughs> what about you, John? Oh, so I'm I'm gonna finish up in the next week this uh, this barnstormer, the second barnstormer that I'm making. Um, I'm mm-hmm. doing this one as a biplane, uh, where I bought a, an extra wing kit from him. Um, and, and Doug, uh, Doug got excited about, uh, what I was doing as well and, and cut out a set of cabanes for me. That's the, the bracing that holds that, that top yeah. wing up. Um, so he, he cut a, a, a prototype set out for me and I've, I've been able to get it all in and working. So I'm just finishing up the covering on so, that one. So the, the, the biplane, so is the staggered wing, the, the, the top wing is forward a little bit. That's yeah. That's how I'm designing it. Um, that's how I okay. put it together now. Where you know, I, I built the kit as a low wing kit, and then yeah, you know, put the the cabanes and a little forward stagger. Um, I'm a a little concerned. I haven't balanced it out yet. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm a little concerned about nose weight, which is where I'm real excited about his 3D printed motor mount because yes. that'll help me shove that yeah. motor even farther out front. Yeah, it looks um, like it goes like maybe about two centimeters, maybe two and a half centimeters, like an inch forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, at least so. I'm, I'm that'll that'll help any help that I can get to throw weight on the front of that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but so for mine, should I move this? Should I make the servos as far like right behind the battery, like as possible, like um, just to offset as much weight to the front as possible? Um, I would say. Um, pull out the the control rods that come in the kit, and if if mm-hmm. you don't have extra control rod material, um, you know, use that control rod and go as far forward as you can using that much rod. Okay. Um, on this biplane one, because I am worried about 
being able to get enough nose weight, um, I went and bent my own control rods that are longer so that I could yeah. push the servos even farther up front. Okay. Yeah, I have I have plenty of music wire, like that really mm-hmm. thin music wire that that he gave. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just yeah. probably use like a you know um, a stir stick as like a, a bracing for inside yeah. the. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, or just a chunk of scrap balsa that, that yeah. comes off the the side of the kit, and right. Yeah, give a little bracing up in there. That works out really nice. Okay, cool. cool. But yeah, All I right, know on sorry. some of his. Oh no problem. On some of uh, his newer designs, um, his battery trays are now coming with the servo spots cut out in in a battery tray that's just a little bit longer. Oh, okay. Um, so I know in the the first ones, I think the Barnstormer initially, um, he's just having you glue them to the side. Um, yeah. I made a little. I made up a little mounting rail for mine um, just because I can't leave well enough alone. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that might be something to, to consider just as an easier way to help brace them up in there. Nice. Awesome. Let's see. Uh, other than that, I've, I've got to get flying once in December here so I can meet my uh, my New Florida. Year's resolution of being able <laughs> yeah. to fly every month of the year. Um, I'm almost there. Um, nice, yeah. And then next week, our club has our uh, our annual holiday uh, party that we do. Um, so for oh, cool. our, our December club meeting, we we have a big um, big dinner, and and everybody you know brings uh, gifts, and we do that uh, the Yankee gift swap, um, where you you have thirty guys, and somebody opens a present, and the next person gets to decide if they want to steal it or open the next one. Um, and, and by the time you, uh, you get through that and everyone's stealing presents and, and going back and forth and, you know, for 30 or 40 of us that, uh, that show up there, it, it can take two hours before oh, we're easily. done. And it's, it's Who, a, whoever the last person is probably gets the best prize, huh? Oh yeah, they, they, they do. They do. Although we, we put a, a lockdown rule where after something's been stolen by the same person, I think it's three or four three times, times, then they two. get to permanently keep it. Yeah. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, but it's uh, people get into all kinds of fun strategies and teaming up with each other, and, and it's, We've done it's just a times. whole lot of fun with yeah. with the whole club. So nice. Yeah, I'd say if if you guys have clubs and you know it's 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 a good mm-hmm. fun thing to do with with people. You know, have a holiday party and and you know, do something that's that's fun where everyone can get together and the whole family can come out. Awesome. All right. <clears throat> I guess it's uh, time to wrap it up. Oh. Actually, before we hit to that, I had two questions for you guys. Oh. Oh, shoot. Really? Okay. Yeah. What the heck is a Pyro Flip and what the heck is a TikTok? Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, let's You're always one. talking about it. And I a have TikTok. which one you want to take. I'll take one. You take one. Steve. I, I don't know how to describe either one. <laughs> All right. Let's try TikTok. I, I think that's a simpler maneuver. Um, so think about okay, think about when you fly your plane, right? Um, if you do like hard elevator up and down and your plane basically wags up and down like that. Okay. But think about a helicopter just standing on its tail doing that in one spot. Okay. So you're on the tail Th- vertically think, and going okay. Yeah. Think of so a, it's pivoting a, on the tail. Well mm-hmm. not, not always. Not always, but initially that's how everyone but usually think learns of a, tail. a pendulum. John. On upside down grandfather so, clock. Yes. Yes. Cool. But you All can right. do it just like that on the tail or aileron TikTok. So sideways. Yeah. The, the if you look from the back, like if you look at it tail end, you see the disc going left and right. Mm. 
45 degrees each way or give or take. Yeah. But usually when you're in front of it, it looks like it's coming at you and away from yeah. you. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, that's really the way that this looks in all main orientations, unless you're, you're doing it opposite where the disc is outwards and the skids are inwards towards you, mm-hmm. which we call skids in TikToks. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that yeah, makes but basically more sense it's, it's that exactly that motion, that pendulum motion that you see your grandfather clock just upside down. Excellent. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Good luck with the pyro flip. Okay. <laughs> a pyro flip. Uh, you know what a pirouette is, right? So from the, a it's ballerina ho- perspective, hovering. Yeah. Well, think of your quad. <laughs> think of a yaw mm-hmm. spin on your quad. Okay. So uh, for the heli, it's sitting in one place. It's pirouetting mm-hmm. up around the main shaft, so the tail's going around and around. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you you do a flip at the same time, and you can start in any either forward, front flip, back flip, side flip. Mm-hmm. So you you start a flip, but because it's pirouetting, you have to stir the cyclic stick. And oh, by wow. stir that, I mean if you did a front <laughs> oh, wow. flip, you would start you would push the stick forward to like the 12 o'clock position. Mm-hmm. But then as the tail pirouettes around, depending on which mm-hmm. way you're going, you're, you're going to like move it in a clockwise motion or a counterclockwise motion. Yeah. Wow. And that's why you guys use the simulator so much. And yes, it's a very complex move. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. we're not even done yet. So as oh, soon as no. you get inverted, <laughs> you got to go to negative pitch to keep it in. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So and yes, that's it's, it's, there's a lot of things happening at one time, and that's why they're wow. so hard to do. And mm-hmm. people there's like me can't after, do them very well. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's like a, such a sought after kind of maneuver, like, a, like almost like do a it. benchmark of your flying ability. Excellent, that makes sense. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Now I will <laughs> understand what you guys are talking about a little better. Yeah, and. Just if you you know, just to further explain things like rainbows, it's just a TikTok but longer. Like it looks okay. like a rainbow going across the sky. Got um, it. Yeah, yeah. Pure flips are one of those things that like pure flips and TikToks are like one of those 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 two maneuvers that like anyone who starts to seriously get to RC helicopters and 3D flight is like always trying to learn how to do. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, even though they don't know how to hover, they don't know how to fly inverted. They're like, screw that TikToks. Straight to, right. yeah, t- straight to and, that. And TikToks are a very simple maneuver, but the the nuances in the timing can make it either mm-hmm. look good or just look really horrible. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like the tail down TikTok is something people rush to do, but then they don't really master it till they've gotten mm-hmm. better at a lot of other things where you can get mm-hmm. that that perfect amount of cyclic and collective timing down pat. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of these maneuvers, it's, it's a lot of timing and it's a lot of orientations yeah. that you need to know because like with the pure flip, when you flip it upside down, now you're upside down and the tail's spinning around. You're like, uh, <laughs> which uh-huh. way, how does this thing hover? Yeah. Like, you know, like which way do I correct that? It, it gets all yeah. like, it basically screws with your mind. It's, it's yeah. Which, some of the controls are backwards and some are not, which, which, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends also where the tail is, if the control is backwards or not. Mm, so while nice. it's rotating, you don't know if it's yeah, upright or yeah. inverted. And then yeah. like mm-hmm. a pyro flip, you can, you can do one pirouette per flip, two, mm, three. Yeah. I mean, all mm. variations of Yeah, so craziness. when you hear us talk about half pyro flips, 
but that's the term that I know Kevin and I use a lot. Half pyro flips is um, at one half of a flip, we're doing one half rotation. Oh, okay. So we do one full rotation per flip, Mm -hmm. but every half rotate, every, you know, like flip inverted to flip upside, up right Mm -hmm. side, it's all half uh, pyros, the the pirouetting tail. It's only half going around. So, um, yeah. Complex timing. It's very complex timing and, and and things and but once you learn it, I feel like it learning that and an Amobius flip, which is like a a delayed pair of flip, I guess. I don't know how to describe that either. But um it just opens up these like other maneuvers and, and like perspectives mm-hmm. of the helicopter, which makes it look cool. Yeah, and so. you can do cool transitions, like you could be flying upright and you do a a half pyro flip and then you're flying inverted, it's going Inverted backwards. And just, yeah, yeah, all kinds of <laughs> neat ways to link it together. Oh, yeah. nice. Or you do like a half pyro, and, but you do a full pirouette, and then you come in nose in. And mm-hmm. Kevin likes to do that a lot. He'll do like a half pyro and can continue to pirouette. So he only flips once into inverted, but he'll do a full pyro, which mm-hmm. then he'll be nose in and then flies out mm-hmm. from that, you know, and flies inverted. So it's yeah, when you when you it, when you come out and hang out, you'll we'll show you these things. It'll be cool. Like excellent. you'll Yeah. 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 I definitely feel that that watching 3D helicopter um maneuvers, it's that the more that I understand what the maneuver is about, the more I could probably appreciate the the skill and technique that went into it, and the less that it just looks like, you know, some crazy whirling blades of death mm-hmm. you know, flying right. out of control. Because right. right. it's obviously not out of control, but it yes. <laughs> It sure appears you, that way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Andy, did you have anything else you want to say? It looked like I'm going to uh, you up. No. Okay. No, I was just agreeing. It, if you don't know what you're looking at, it just looks like a crazy out of control mess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as soon as you start to learn what's happening, you realize how in control it is, actually is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you start to appreciate the maneuvers. Yeah. And the skill that it takes, because mm-hmm. when you start seeing someone like um, uh, this guy Khan Panoy, he's from where's he from? Southeast Asia somewhere, Thailand, Thailand or something. I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he'll do pirouetting TikTok. So when you're doing a TikTok, you're also spinning <laughs> the tail around. Oh wow! And it's usually half rotation per TikTok, oh, but he'll wow. do it, and he'll while he's turning the tail like clockwise, he'll counterclockwise it mid mid maneuver. And then he'll turn the helicopter around and do the same thing with the skids facing you, which means all your controls wow. are like opposite almost. It's it's like you see someone, you know, the six, this little 16-year-old kid or 18-year-old, however he is, <laughs> doing these things. And you're like, how the hell does he wrap his mind around this? Like, yeah. it's such a complex maneuver. Uh, and, you know, 30 flights a day, I guess. Hours upon hours upon yeah. hours. That's, that's the only way. Yeah. yeah, and a, and a very young mind and quick reflexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And yeah, for sure. They, but they didn't learn that they couldn't do that. So of course they. <laughs> yes, good, good, right? Yeah, no one told him you can't do that. That's too yeah. hard. <laughs> yep. All right, I guess uh, let's move it on to the wrap up. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up. Okay, so this wrap up is going to be a little bit different because Kevin's not here, and we are still going to do it, but. Some of the things are a little skewed, but uh, yeah, let's go for it. Facebook likes. We were at 946 likes. That's the same number from last week. What's going on? Come on, people. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we don't have new lights. Come on. We got to get at least. We're so close. We're like, what, 54 away from 1,000? Uh, come on. Go open up a new account and then give them a like. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> open up five new fake accounts. In fact, if everyone who liked our account, <laughs> liked our Facebook page, opened a fake account, we would be way over a thousand. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. We might give away a helicopter or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we do have 987 followers, though. So we're almost hitting a thousand on the followers, which is excellent. Awesome in my book, too. So cool. All right. What do we have for Facebook comments, Andy? Let's see. Let's start with our last show where we were giving thanks to y'all. We got some comments here. Um, Tom Shin said, Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Ray Bacon mm -hmm. said, Like the mailman always delivers. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> Daryl Thorpe said, Happy Thanksgiving, guys. William Anthony said, you are welcome for the support. Happy Turkey Day and Baba Booey to y'all. Uh, Mike DeGenero said, balls. So I don't exactly know <laughs> what the hell that means. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Darren Ween said, I'm thankful that due to this episode, I now know who Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass <laughs> playing Spanish, fly, Spanish Fleet is. Oh. <laughs> so I don't exactly know what he's referencing. Maybe I screwed up something on the edit and the music was too loud. I don't know. But now he knows about the music that plays under the bloopers. There you go. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Tate said, Booyah. Thanks, guys. As always, looking forward to my trips out to listen to the podcast. All caught up. And now have a few to look forward to. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Dave Crawford. I am thankful that you three yahoos continue to BS your way through episode after episode. <laughs> I watched I Iron Man it. 2 last night, and it sucked. Ah, I, where's Kevin for that? Oh. <laughs> then I remembered I need to be drunk to enjoy it like Kevin does. <laughs> he said, keep Very cranking true. them out. Awesome. <laughs> keep cranking out fun. Yeah. All right. And Thanks, everyone. That's about all. Let's see, I think we had a couple from our Tom Shin episode that we did, got in late. Uh, David Hills posting up some stuff. He wanted us to, <laughs> he wanted us to post the A10 video that we critiqued in the bloopers. So one of us yes. linked that, and awesome. that was just so funny. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it for uh, Facebook. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to website comments then. Yeah, website comments. Let's see what we got here. We have a email from Gray Eagle Jr. Do you want to read this or should I? Um, is this from Gray Eagle? I guess let me read it then. Yeah, from Gray Eagle. Yeah, you're the yeah. what's he called? Dr. Heli Reader, <laughs> Dr. Heli Reader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we have an email from Griegel Jr. Subject is Mom and Dad of Gray. Eagle of Mom. Great of Miss. Target practice dialing. Sometimes humans with phones won't share their minutes. Tastes of freedom. But I am not bitter. This freely falling strato podcaster found my sadness and happy of strength. 
saved from evil plankers of crusty puff. <laughs> like me, roaming of mastery language, helis of RC rare, majestic, majestic birds of prey at the altar. My mate, yes, I also found Miss Gray Eagle Jr., handy of translation, interaction with normies so I can reach out, touching others. Oh, whoa, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> community found inside the internet. Happy nesting for you, for your and my all present past of future. Okay, the end. All right. That is all the emails I see. Yep. Yep. Let's. Uh, I don't know how to do Podbean people because Kevin's not here. Yeah, so I, I tried we'll to look it up. Just I couldn't do it. Podbean comments instead. Um, but we have no com- Podbean comments. <laughs> Boo! Oh wait, wait, do we? No, 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 no. Yeah, we already read this one, Ian. Fucking Joe about the. Uh, I have yep. a name suggestion for the gas logo. What the hell? Slow. I know. Oh, one I mean, holiday you know and everybody just quits <laughs> commenting. What the hell? Maybe there's just a little delay. Let's uh. Let's uh, yeah. Let's Still let them. Still hungover from eating turkey and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're all you know. <laughs> what, what's the stuff in uh, turkey that makes people sleep? Tryptophan. Tryptophan. Yeah, they're all tryptophaned out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Uh, do we have any iTunes reviews? Uh, no, we don't. Now I'm falling behind. I didn't forgot to even look. Let me look. No, I I have it up, and I do not see anything past November twentieth, which okay. I believe, um, yeah, was already. So, all right. So, John, if folks want to get in touch with you and say, "Hey, I Come like on. what you're talking about with this balsa stuff. I want to hear more." How would they do so? Oh. Come on over to the flight test forums. I'm Rocky Boy on the flight test forums. Come hit me up about Balsa or CNC or 3D printing or foamies or anything at all hobby related. Um, hit me with PM or jump into one of the threads. Happy to happy to help people out. Awesome. Nice. <clears throat> all right. Well, thank you, John, for taking the time and uh, thanks for having me on. This yeah, is great. Thanks for having me yeah, here. Fantastic. Sprinkle a little balsa dust. <laughs> I know. I know. This is great. And I was thinking, it's like, this is a nice little break because we've been talking a lot about, I mean, obviously we talk a lot about helicopters, but we've also been talking a lot about nitros and stuff mm-hmm. and fuel models and stuff. So it's kind of a little break. Like, let's go talk about building again, you know, and building balsa. Change it so a little. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure um, you, Rocky boy, <laughs> will enjoy this episode. And, and David, <laughs> Photo Flyer will too. Um <laughs> The other three of us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I hope we still have retained some, um, you know, some of the listeners from the flight test days. Um, I'm not sure how many, you know. I think so, just be- especially because so many of the other podcasts have faded out. And, and mm. we're definitely uh, – we're, we're a little dry out here for good RC podcasts. You know, you guys yeah. are still holding it strong, but uh, a lot of others have faded by the wayside. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. you know we're, we're here, and yep. you know we'll, you guys we'll and, talk about all the folks, the roundtables. Yep. Exactly. There's there's a couple still out there still producing. Yes. 
So, all right. So, drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> flight test forums, off the field, audio, video production. Other than flight test podcast, free for RC podcast. Say hi to David Hill, aka Hill the Flyer. Hi, Dave. Hi, David. And and Rocky Boy. Hi, Rocky Boy. Hi, Rocky Boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, fellow podcasters, give them a listen, give them a subscribe, and all that fun stuff. We have our buddies, the Helly Heads Podcast. I wonder if John can come up with these names just from listening to our outro. Mm, I'm sure there's a bill involved in them, but you know. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a no bill. Mic. There's definitely there's a, a mic in everyone, <laughs> and a mic in everyone. Yeah, yeah. Now, you guys are the only heli podcast I listen to. Heliheads <laughs> is uh, Kevin, Mike, and Dan or Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniel, Dan. Yep. Cool. Uh, Telerotor podcast. That is Robert Monty. Michael Shaggy Parker, Mike DiPaolo, and Rich Sowers. Richard Sowers. And I got to give it up to DiPaolo. He finally got a good mic. (laughs) Yeah. Now he's just got to come up with something good to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. We got the BKRC podcast. (laughs) Bert and Kyle. Uh, RC Roundtable. That Fitz. one's Lee Fitz and Terry. Yeah. There you, there you go. go. Nice. <laughs> we got high voltage with Bobby Watts. Yeah. Uh, we have Skids Up. That would be Paul, Javier, Frank, and Scott. Are they still around? I don't know. Maybe. It may maybe just me, but I I thought I was pretty late on their podcast. Like I'm just backlogged on podcasts, so I They've remember listening to that episode. It's been like a month almost, right? Don't worry. I'll ask Frank about it when I see him. Be like, what cool. the hell? Get some podcasts <laughs> out, dude. Yeah. All right. And we also have the AMA podcast. Yeah. Matt Ruddick. Ruddick. Cool. Ruddick, yeah. Yeah. He has a cool last name. It's kind of very airplane, like Rudder, Ruddick. Um, all right, and make sure you check out our friend Bill Ann YouTube channel. Bill Ann, yeah, oh, and Bill Ann too, and B- Bill Ann too. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't get enough Bill Ann, there's Bill Ann too. <laughs> all right, again, want to thank you, John, for taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been yeah, a lot of fun, and, and I love listening to the show. Yeah, awesome, and yeah, let lot. us know if you want to come back on and. You know, give us an update or maybe uh, when some new kits come out and maybe we'll even venture Absolutely. in more. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get some questions. Um, I, I think what we could also do is uh, for for the folks that are, I guess, I don't know how to say it, balsa curious, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. have them send us questions and we can ask you those questions on yeah, the show. That'd that'd, be cool. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a great idea for an episode. Yeah. Let let me yeah. get started building this kit so when I have all these questions. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. the queue. There you go. Awesome. All right. Thanks to our listeners. Free our skies. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Take care, everyone.
table's wobbly too, so. <laughs> you got everything going for you tonight, huh? Yeah. <laughs> heater running over here. There's a generator outside, and the table's wobbly. And, <laughs> and you're at a fun fly that hasn't started. That won't start yeah. to what Thursday, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, I'm two days early for a fun fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Love it. All right, let's get the show started. We this is all good stuff for the show. <laughs> Oh, cool, man. All right. All right. Time to run the bloopers. <laughs> I don't know what we I don't ever know if we're going to have any bloopers this time. Oh, that, that'll Kevin make it easier to, to edit. make it. anything funny. I yeah. built it, got it all set up, knew nothing about CG still, so I didn't Ooh. learn anything from the first plane. It wouldn't take off on mm. the ground in the park. And, like, there's this big parking lot that folks used to go to fly planes at, so I went there. No one was there. It was just me and my brother. I, I was, you know, taxiing around full throttle. Like, this thing's not taking off. Oh. I don't know what's going on. So what do I do? My brother's older than me, and he, he's the one who drove me. I was like, oh, can you drive me? I'm going to hold the plane out the window, <laughs> get enough speed, <laughs> and then I'm going to throw it full throttle, oh. and then we'll control it. It went straight into the ground. Oh, wow. Piled the whole thing. It was a bunch of sticks. I was like, oh, there goes that one. Oops, oops. Throw it away. Oh, and I was going to taxi it around the driveway a little bit. My oh, don't house. tell me it took off. Well, the driveway's on a... And so I was driving it around a little bit. And I started down the driveway, which is kind of on a grade. It starts picking mm. up some speed. And I'm like, uh, if I try to turn, it's going to like tip over or something. So might as well just go full <laughs> throttle. Oh, so, boy. so I took off and uh, I don't. I never made a complete turn. I turned a little <laughs> bit, but I, I flew about <laughs> twenty seconds before I hit the ground again. Oh no! Busted it all up. Yeah. Oh no! I wasn't ready. Decided I wasn't going to do helicopters because they're too expensive and <laughs> too complicated. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to stick with planes. And I did for about a year, and mm-hmm. then. Horizon Hobby had like a really like 40% off the MCPX. Oh, they sucked you back in. And then I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> less and less planes, more and more alleys. 